What's going on, everyone? And welcome to TXR, episode number 117, the best spot to talk games on a Sunday night. I'm your host, Invader, and we've got an extraordinary show for you tonight. With us is a truly legendary video game icon. He's one of the most successful video game com composers around, instrumental in modernizing game music, He's also well-known as a performer, creative director, as well as many other titles to his name. Please welcome the CEO and president of Intellivision Entertainment, Tommy Tallarico. Tommy, how are you Whoa. doing today? Wow, I sound busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. How am I doing talking to you guys? I should be working. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> So How are you doing tonight, everyone? Tommy? You type somebody, hi everybody, out on, there you go, Grudge Q, we know that, Shondell, I know him. All right, we got some people going on. All right, yeah, we got the chat filling in, oh, it's getting lively, all right. Well, like, like, I, like I tell everybody, um, feel free to ask any questions you can, the harder the better, uh, we're an open book, if there's something I can't answer because of patent pendings or anything like that I'll, I'll let you know but uh or you know we sometimes we have to uh you know hold some stuff for e3 so i might know the answer but i can't tell you because i can't spoil the uh <laughs> spoil our uh the fun stuff but but ask you know but i'm always don't feel like you have to uh hold back i'm i want all i want let me see there's one two three four five of you guys here yes sir Okay, my goal yep. is to convince you all that you want a Intellivision Amico by the end of this show. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may just have a few pre-orders by the end of the night. You never oh, know. Oh, there you go. Exactly. That's that's the trick. All right. Well, we are thrilled to have you with us, Tommy. But before we dive right into all the questions, let me introduce the show panel. Let's start with Jeremy. Bud, looking forward to chatting with Tommy tonight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Again, for the second time. Tommy, want to thank you for joining us today. Obviously, I'm a huge fan, uh, you know, for, for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, you know, obviously what you contribute, your contribution to the industry, you all love. Uh, you know, during the time you were writing music for video games, you know, pretty hot and heavy for there for a while. I purchased a lot of video games that you were featured in, obviously, and... Um, uh, you know, at the time, my gaming media of choice was Game Fan Magazine. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember Game Fan hard, Magazine. Die Hard Game Fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I had a chance to meet you on a number of occasions, you know, going to concert in E3. Uh, you're always grateful to stop and say hello, and I appreciate that. So when I heard you were heading the project, uh, you know, the Intellivision Amico project, I knew uh, you know, you would obviously bring that passion to the project, which would make it a success. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you for the kind words. Yep. Good stuff, Jeremy. Hey, Megatron, are you ready for a fun time tonight? Hey, hey, I'm definitely ready. We got Tommy on, of course, man. I'm excited to hear what uh, the Amico's all about. I can't, I can't wait. <clears throat> Indeed. Thank you for coming. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Centurion. Hey, man, glad to have you back. How have you been? Ah, oh, great. I missed last week. I'm glad to be here this week, and I'm actually looking forward to learn more about this gentleman and the great product he's wanting to put out. Too kind, of course. And hey, Shock Buddy, uh, you ready for an epic show tonight? Yeah, ready to go. Uh, same as uh, Centurion said, uh, I'm 
I don't know much uh, about Tom, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking up some of the work he's done. It's pretty impressive, and some of the games I've definitely played a lot of uh, that include a lot of his music. Indeed, indeed. Well, Tommy's pretty well renowned. Uh, just so everyone knows, Tim Dog and Southbound will not be with us this, with us this evening. But hey, they're both busy doing other activities. But they'll definitely be back next week. Tommy, to begin, you are a man with many credentials to your name. Now, if you could, could you tell us about your background in the video game industry? Because you've been involved in all kinds of games and music, transcending mediums in a lot of ways. Could you just give us a little bit of a background? Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been in the industry for uh, over 30 years. And uh, some of the early games I worked on as a composer and a sound designer, the first game I ever worked on was the original Prince of Persia. Um, and I was actually hired first at Virgin as a games tester, but I would bug the uh, vice president of the company every day to please let me do music. So he let me do uh, Prince of Persia and ended up winning an award. So they said, okay, we'll make you the music guy now. <laughs> and uh, so uh, some of the games after that was uh, Global Gladiators, uh, Cool Spot, Disney's Aladdin. Uh, we did Earthworm Jim 1, Earthworm Jim 2. And then kind of in the mid-90s, uh, things like Madden Football, uh, the James Bond stuff, um, Spider-Man, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, um, worked on uh, the original Tony Hawk, uh, worked on the, did some stuff with the original Guitar Hero game, uh, Twisted Metal, Mortal Kombat, the Sonic franchise, Pac-Man, Oh, Metroid Prime uh, with Shigeru Miyamoto. Worked with him on that for about five years uh, in the early 2000s. So, uh, yeah, yeah, lots of um, lots of uh, crazy stuff uh, in, in there. And then in uh, 1995, uh, 94, I, I uh, started a video game television show um, with uh, Victor Lucas. Victor Lucas was the creator of the show and the executive producer. And, uh, and he asked me to kind of, come on as a producer and a host and a writer. So I kind of took, uh, uh, kind of took that path while I was still doing uh, video game music and, uh, and sound design. And we did that. Uh, I did that for 12 years in a row and we, we had two television shows. So we were doing two weekly TV shows um, based all around video games. One was a review show and called Judgment Day or in the U.S. and reviews on the run everywhere else in the world. It, these were worldwide syndicated shows, so they were played everywhere from Australia to, to Sweden. Um, oh, yeah. And the other show was called The Electric Playground and uh, won a Telly Award, an Emmy Award uh, for Best News Magazine, Cable News Magazine. Um and yeah, so did that for uh, for twelve years, and then I started Video Games Live in uh, two thousand and two, uh, eighteen years ago, and I've uh, been touring that ever since. It was the very first uh, touring video game symphony show, um, and also I, I actually, one important thing to note too is that I have the Guinness Book of World Records for the person who's worked on the most video games in their lifetime, over three hundred and uh, 50 projects at this point. Um, wow. And so, yeah, so I've been, you know, doing video games live and touring that. There, I have a couple of different Guinness World Records with that. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, It's the longest running symphony tour ever. Um, 
did over uh, we've done over 520 shows uh no amazing other amazing shows amazing shows They're thank great. you have you seen it oh yeah absolutely rocking rocking which which yeah. um which city well it was los angeles we did irvine uh you did, oh okay yeah you did we were all over the place so you did yeah Orange yeah County. we've played uh we both played the irvine amphitheater before it yeah, closed that was down. a good that was, that was a good one that was, that was awesome. Uh, Hollywood Bowl, and, we played a couple times. And uh, that's that's where we actually met for the first time was Irvine. Your, Irvine oh, yeah? Location. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. That's right in my backyard. That's why I, I live in Orange County. Yep. Um, and, and actually, and in television is right in Irvine as well, right near right near yeah. there. But um, so anyway, and then two and a half years ago, I uh, I did, uh, uh, I, you know, started, I picked up, uh uh, in television reigns and uh, have been doing that hardcore ever since. I still do some video games, live shows every, uh, you know, once a month on the weekend, I'll take it out. But obviously I've brought those back because I was doing like 40, 50 shows a year. So I'm yeah. doing one around the world every week. Um, and so now we're, you know, I, I cut that way back to focus on, on, uh, on, on in television, but we'll be in the middle East in a couple of weeks. Uh, on ah. the weekend, for uh, we're, we're playing in Doha, uh, Qatar, with uh, the Doha National, or the Qatar National Symphony, the, the King's Symphony, uh, nice. the ruler. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we'll be in Florida, we'll be in uh, Washington, um, all over the place. So, anyway. so you know, Tommy, I'm looking forward to the uh, television Amico uh, uh, project. You know, take us through inception. Uh, how did the project get started? How how did you get you know funding? Jeremy, uh, was, yeah, if I may ahead. interject. Uh, <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, so, Tommy, we've actually got somebody popping in in well, just a few seconds, and he wants to say hi to you. Okay. So let's see. I just got to bring somebody out here. So sorry for interrupting, Jeremy, but we have a surprise guest. Ah. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> did I miss the part where uh, you guys uh, talked about EP and refusing the run? Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> I, just <finished. laughs> I just finished talking about you. I thought I heard somebody talking about it, so I had to jump on right away. I did. I did. <laughs> How's it going? This, this is the member, uh, everyone, for everyone out there. I remember how I just said the creator of the show and uh, Victor Lucas. Well, that's yeah. that's him on the thing. I, gosh, we haven't talked in, uh, I mean, we talk all the time on Twitter and Facebook, but I haven't heard your voice live in about a uh, <laughs> couple of weeks or months. <laughs> One of these guys, I'm not even sure who was it, uh, Jim or Jeremy. Somebody, somebody sent me a, a, a DM and said, "You want to top pop in and surprise Tommy?" And I was like, "Sure, let's do it." <laughs> well, hey, and, and Vic, I got to tell you, I really appreciate you putting up that poll. Was that today or yesterday? Yeah, it was today. Yeah, that was today. And uh, Vic put up a poll. If you go to Victor Lucas on Twitter. He puts, and I want everybody in the chat to please do this because I'm, I'm, I'm putting, yeah. you know, I'm putting my finger on the scale here. Yeah. Yeah, but he sure put up are. a poll about aside, you know, aside from the big three, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, because like four or five other video game systems coming out this year. And so Vic asks in his poll, which one do you prefer? Or which one are you most excited about? So yeah. everybody pick in television Amico, please. I think we're winning already, aren't we? What are we yeah, at? You're winning for sure. All right, uh, and they're, they're, it's not even close. 
they're different <laughs> kinds of machines, right? We've got the Poly they're Mega out yeah. there, which I don't, you know, who knows if that's finally going to get shipped. I really hope it does. Yeah. Uh, the Analog Pocket, which will let you play your old classic Game Boy games and a bunch of other carts. And then this Playdate thing. Have you seen this Playdate thing, Tommy? Oh, the one with the crank. Yeah. It's so yeah. Cool. That's so oh, cool. man. I'd, I'd like to review. We, I, I like to be reviewing this stuff with you. I know. <laughs> when it comes out. It's weird, right? People ask us to do reviews on the run all the time again. And Tommy and I were talking about that uh, possibility of actually going to different cities and doing some of that. And then he becomes the president of Intellivision. And it's like, well, I can't really have Tommy reviewing other people's things. And I would be biased. <laughs> you, I know you would. I actually asked him to uh, review Spider-Man because I know that Spider-Man yeah. is your favorite. And, and he's like, I, I, I can't review it. I'm. I, it's a PlayStation game and I've got a machine I'm making right now. I can't do it. And so I it's, know, I it's know. Fair, fair game. Bad but, timing. But we should uh, we should review all the old Intellivision games. Well, that's the thing. I mean, tell the story, Vic, while you're here. T tell the story about you know, kind of how you. I don't know if you. I don't. You didn't first hear about Intellivision through me, but but no. But we we but you would. I would always talk about it twenty yeah. twenty five years ago. You were always talking about. It. I was an Atari guy, right? And and uh, I, I looked on with admiration at Intellivision. But Tommy and I had a rivalry over many things. But one of them was the uh, the fact that I was an Atari guy, and you were, and I had a ColecoVision and stuff. But I never yeah. bought into the Intellivision world. But you were always telling it and uh, telling me and preaching how amazing Intellivision it was and how much it was ahead of its time and how deep the games were and how smart the games were. So it was a shock when the news hit that you were being brought into the family and we're going to kind of spearhead this new direction for television, but not that much of a shock if we've <laughs> known you for a while because, well, A, you're crazy and you like to just chase windmills and, and make <laughs> impossible things happen, cool. which, I, which I have mad respect for. Uh, but you've always loved in television. And um, I, I got to know some of the television people through Keith, who passed yeah. away. And he became a mutual friend and a, a real friend for you. So I just think it's uh, I think it's a great story and it's a remarkable one. And because I know you and I know the people involved, it's a personal one. And honestly, that's, I think, something missing from some of the other Atari VCS uh, sort of <laughs> stories that are out there right now. Like nobody knows what the hell the Atari message is yeah. and who's behind it. It just all seems so nebulous. But um you know, everybody knows that this is a real passion play from you guys, and there's a real message behind it, and I think it's going to rock. And and you know so many of the people, too, at yep. the company. I mean, you personally know them, you know, myself, David Perry, Jason Enos, yep. Mike Dietz, you know. Uh, do you, you remember Rusty at Interplay? Yeah, I, is Rusty working with you? Yeah, Rusty works for us now, too. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah he's yeah. the guy who brought Descent to the world. He, he was the guy who signed that game company uh yeah. flow and all those stuff because he worked right. at uh, after Brilliant interplay guy. he worked at sony for eight years and did mm -hmm. all the indie game development stuff that's flow awesome and dude. flower that's awesome dude so uh 10 10 2020 right that's that's it marketing your cat unless you know i just heard a rumor when do i get mine yeah, well the founders <laughs> edition is uh <laughs> taking pre-orders for the founders edition is coming friday oh, you're gonna put me in the pre-order camp Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah. Oh man! No, um, no, we'll get you one, Vic. We'll get you one. The pink. Um, I want to review these things. Everybody keeps asking me how have you played the games, and I had the taste test at uh, E3. A little bit, yeah. yeah. The, that, that was a, almost a year ago, and yeah. 
I mean, and you liked them then, but I mean, imagine where they are now. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait, brother. I can't wait. Did you see the breakout we released last month? I played it. It was very cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted more. You know, you That's had right. me in. It was like, okay, it was a nice little taste. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's cool, man. I know that this is incredibly difficult work that you're you're doing to try to pull all this stuff together, but I, you know, you're you're hitting some cool milestones, and I see all the. Uh, uh, the the press that's surrounding in television and the goodwill that's yeah. surrounding it, I think yeah. it's fantastic, man. And well, honestly, the thing. I mean, it's a real I mean, market. I mean, you you gotta you gotta say, if nothing else, um, if we pull this off, it's got to be one of the biggest, you know, underdog stories. Absolutely, the game industry has ever seen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, and uh, honestly, dude, like one of the things that's kind of um, inspiring about it all is or makes me feel like there's a real shot here is the preponderance of retro gaming channels on youtube that really you know pump up the love for this stuff and and really have a real deep knowledge and appreciation for the history of games uh you know this is a digital foundry all across the board at every level consumer enthusiasts professional there's just a lot of coverage of the classic years of gaming going on still you know I'm a huge fan of what Analog has put out with uh, the Super NT and the Mega yeah. SG consoles and cartridges yeah. still feel, you know, relevant and, and worth talking about, you know, 30 years after they came out, which is unbelievable. But that all speaks to the fact that there is a, you know, an absence in um, product lines around this stuff. You know, like there is an opportunity for people to talk to consumers differently about video games than everybody else that has to be the cutting edge. And, you know, I don't even think, them. and I don't even think it's, it's necessarily, you know, the, the titles as much as it is, and this is what we keep saying over and over, as much as it is the fact that those games were simple and easy to understand and you could get, jump into them and play right away. And right. You know, they were easy yeah. to understand. They might be difficult down the road, but okay, Pac-Man up, down, left, right. I get it, right? Space yeah. Invaders, move left and right, you shoot. I got, yeah. I got it, right? Yeah. Try yeah. to do that with Fortnite, you know? You, my, yeah. you know? My dad has a panic attack when you put a PlayStation 4 <laughs> controller in his hand. Well, well, the solution to a lot of this is sort of in the regular NPDs as well, though. Like Mortal or, uh, uh, Call of Duty Modern Combat was the, uh, or was the biggest selling game of 2019, yeah. And by this point, that is a very simple game for people to understand and wrap their heads around. Simplicity in video games does quite well when people and have although some it was accessibility the biggest, with this stuff. It, although it was the biggest selling game for like consoles and PCs, though, <laughs> mobile and casual Much still yeah. kick everybody's butt, you yeah. know? So that's yeah. that's and that's well, what people are forgetting. And that's what we're doing, really. It's all about bringing family and friends back together you know the that that's the, the main the main tough goal. thing that you're going to have though is getting people out of their homes you know and going to stores to pick up stuff you know uh but i know everything's going to be digital but it just feels like the, there's a real move away from physical goods and yeah uh, you know i i don't know but but everyone i talk to they they kind of don't want to yeah i mean how, how did how's that working out for google stadia you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean I, I don't know if the world's ready yet i th I still think we got one more cycle of physical yeah 
Well, I mean, I, my hat. Well, I know you. You're a collector. You you collect a whole bunch of stuff, right? I, I mean, am. I am. But as a, you're moving I, it all to digital. I review, DVDs right? And, yeah, I review so much. So now it's it's less about uh, uh, physically owning all of this stuff and more having immediate access to this stuff. And it's also right. easier for the publishers that I work with to just send me a code and I can review it right away, as opposed to waiting for FedEx and all of that stuff. I can't, I mean, remember how many times we were waiting for games to show up for us to review? Yeah. Like, we haven't got it. We haven't, we have a show date that has to happen. We've got the game scheduled. And we'd get it the, like the night before and we'd like stay up all night long in your basement oh yeah. playing the game together so we could review it the next morning. Yep. <laughs> yep. Crazy times. Anyways, I barged in on your interview. I'll let you guys. Oh, I love it. Great surprise. <laughs> thanks thanks for uh, coming out, Victor. Hey, that was my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Have a good time, you guys. Take awesome. Care. Thanks, Vic. Take care. You'll have to do an interview with Vic on his own sometime, too. We did, he's actually. We did, yeah. We oh, you did. did? Oh, he's the oh, best. Yeah. Well, I, we I don't... I've never met anyone who knows more about video games and the video game industry than Victor Lucas. So yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted it for to be a surprise. So that's great. I, I appreciate that. Was that was a good one too? And uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because people, people, uh, you know, we'd like bicker on the show, but it was all, you know, we were all playing it up for the cameras, of course. And people are like, even that one high heat baseball review where I like stormed off and oh, and, and left. It was that was all kind of a setup. It was <laughs> we we uh, we love each other like uh, like brothers and yeah. and but but it is true that the great thing is there is real tension there and real disagreement because we there's stuff there's stuff we love. Well, that's what and made this and then that's what made stuff, the show special. And, and there's stuff great. yeah we were absolutely yeah. opposites on. And, and and so when you know that there was something that we both loved, you know it must have been great. And if there was something we both hated, it must have really been bad. But it yeah. was that tension that you know that made it special. I think you know, and and yeah. and it was real. We would never talk to each other before the cameras started rolling. You know, oh, what did you think of this, or what did you think? We're like, you know, no, let's save yeah. it for the camera. So so when the when what you saw on camera was our real-time reactions to what the right. other person was saying so uh, again i think that you know there's no scripts there was no talking about it uh you know but before before the cameras rolled or anything we just we all saved it for the saved it for the camera mm -hmm. <laughs> nice Definitely. so getting back to um the intellivision amico take us through inception you know, how did the project get started? Uh, how did you get the funding? And what were some of the reactions that you specifically got uh, from some of the people that, you know, you picked up to work on the project? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, before I start that, I just this one guy, the great Alexander, has been asking. Uh, uh, he's been re repeating this question uh, <laughs> about, the, uh, about the Roblox. Oof, Oof, sound. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who, who might be following the news in regards to Roblox and me, um, but um, so yeah, so the the Roblox oof sound, I guess people are saying the most famous video game sound effect in in the world. Um, it's become a uh, pop culture icon and meme, I guess, um, unbeknownst to me. But it was a sound that I did. Um, and we found that, you know, that, that it was in Roblox. It had my metadata on the file. I, I didn't even know this existed. I had never played Roblox. So, um, you know, I wasn't familiar the, of the sound. 
And then, uh, you know, people started tweeting me last year going, hey, um, this, you know, did, this some guy by the name of Joey Curris is on this sound and, and he works for Tommy Tellerico at studios. <laughs> and, and it was created in 1999 for this game, Messiah, you know, six, seven years before Roblox came out. Yeah. And um, anyway, but uh, his his question is in regards to, to the oof saying, you know, um, has Roblox bought the oof sound that we created? Is there going to be a lawsuit? Um, so I can give you the up to the minute, uh, up to the minute update on this. Is it is it an arbitration right now, or is no nope, no? Nope. We're uh, we're trying. We we've been going back and forth uh, for about I don't know six or nine months now. Whenever I found out, I think it was last summer, so uh, probably like seven eight months. Uh, we've been going back and forth. Um, kind of, you know, trying to work something out. It, it went uh, silent for for three or four months, and then it came up again because Roblox had announced that they're going to be taking the oof sound or replacing the oof sound, and the whole community went went crazy. Uh, <laughs> were upset, and they blamed me. Uh, <laughs> so, so. Um, you know, because they they felt like I was telling them to take it out or because of a lawsuit or something I was taking out. Uh, that's actually, you know, none of that is actually true. Um, I haven't sued Roblox. Um, yeah. I never asked them to take the sound out. I didn't send a cease and desist letter. Uh, yeah. I was trying to get them to just purchase the sound so that um, so that I wouldn't, uh, you know, so that it was just, here, here, you buy the sound and then... We don't have to worry about it. You can keep it in the game. All the yeah. fans are happy. I'm happy. Everybody's happy. Now, did uh, they ignore you for a while? or uh, No, they never really ignored us. They just uh, didn't want to do that. Um, but the, the up-to-the-minute uh, news is that uh, we've been talking all uh, this past week, and we're both, I think, at a really good place. Um, yeah. And I think uh, we're going to get this resolved um probably hopefully over the next couple of weeks and uh but not only that there's there's uh you know there's some big announcements maybe coming that's going to benefit everybody it's going to benefit the roblox community it's going to benefit oh, nice. roblox it's going to benefit me and who knows it might even benefit in television you never know um Whoa. but um yeah we got we got some great things uh, Roblox never been mean to me or they've never been, you know, treated me uh, unfairly or this and that. It's just that, you know, I had a number, they had a number, and the numbers were just so, so far off. So yeah. we've been trying to think about ways where, um, you know, we can somehow, uh, where it's beneficial for everyone. And uh, I think we've come up with some uh, cool things. And, and so anyway... Everything's good on that front. And uh, again, I, I think it's going to be, I think it, the resolution that we're coming up with is going to benefit everybody, which is great. great. And most, most of all, the Roblox community and the Roblox fans. So that's what, what both me and Roblox are most excited about is that, you know, the ones that make out the most from this uh, is the community. So well, we're, we're I'm excited. Sure, I'm Fun sure stuff the, coming. I'm sure in the process, you got a lot of dicks sending you what death threats i'm assuming oh my god it, it was yeah. brutal i mean look i get it i mean roblox 
you know, the Roblox community does skew a little younger. You know, yeah. I think it's fair to say, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year old stuff. Yeah. And but what's and so, yeah, I mean, I was getting a bunch of hate and death strats and screw you and all that stuff uh, because, again, they felt that because of me. I mean, there were rumors out there saying that the company was shutting down because I was suing them uh, that, you know, that I threatened to get them shut down. Absolutely not the case at all. But what I find interesting, though, and, and this is something that you got to commend Roblox for, is that these gamers, these kids are so, so passionate about a video oh, game. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? yeah. My daughter, my daughter plays religiously every single day. She does. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. So, that's so I mean, that's the thing, right? So, you know, as much as it's crappy for me as a human being, to read all this like vitriol and, and, and hatred thrown my way. It, you know, I, I feel sad for the human race. Um, but I take a step back and look at it and go, wow, it's kind of cool that because of a video game, these folks are so passionate about, you know, their mission to, yeah. to destroy me. Um, but, <laughs> but, no, but, but, I, but, 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 but seriously though, the Roblox community has come out in a much positive way. So, so although, you know, kind of the, the death threats and the haters and you're a jerk, they're always the kind of the loudest voices. The reality is, is that I literally have hundreds and I mean hundreds and hundreds of messages on Twitter, on DMs on Twitter Support, from yeah. people saying, um, I'm so sorry those people are treating you like that and it's not it's not reflective of of the entire community and and please don't hate the Roblox community and this so so like everything on social media and especially Twitter yeah. you know the 1 or 2% that's kind of the loudest everyone thinks that's the majority but the reality is that the Roblox community has been so cool to me super nice Super, uh, you know, so much, much more outpouring of positive reaction. And now, you know, knowing that, oh, my God, you're the guy who's created this thing that I that I've played for 14 years, the sound. Um, so it's been a lot more positive than negative. So anyway, that's uh, that's about the oof stuff. Well, I told my daughter we had the oof master on, and she was like, "What?" During the headlights, look. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Of course." So, so in television. So uh, you asked, "How did I come into it?" Yeah. Um, so take us through inception, and how did you get the project started? How did it? How did you get the funding for it? Yeah. Uh, and you know, how when you approached people, you know, to work for you. How did that come about? You well, that's that's the easiest part when they hear ah, about it. But nice. but the um so basically you know in television was my machine growing up as as Victor Lucas right. was saying I would talk about it all the time even through my twenties and thirties and and through to my forties I'm I'm now in my fifties and um that you know so it was something that always stayed with me my entire life even though. Yeah in television was gone. I mean, it's probably the way that, you know, that you guys might think of the NES or the first time you played Mario or Pokemon or whatever, you know, like for me, that was in television. And when I think of in television, I think of playing with my mom and my dad and my younger brother, my family, my friends, my relatives. It, it brings back this huge amount of just joy and, and yeah. happiness to my heart 
whenever I think about that. And that played a key role because as I moved through the video game industry from decade after decade after decade, mm -hmm. and I would just see the games just getting harder and harder and more difficult and more complex and more violent and more outrageous. Um, you know, I, I started to like not play as much myself, yeah. you know, and then when I got married and my wife's a huge Pokemon fan she grew up she actually had a, her her dad and old she had older brothers and they had an intellivision so one of her favorite games growing up was shark shark on the intellivision which was uh, cool um but she's 34 years old now so she's younger than me uh but she's still new in television too which was cool but she was really more of the poke pokemon uh generation and and there was there's no games that we can really even play together right yeah. the ones that are like she doesn't play smash brothers and then she'll play Pokemon, but I'll play Red Dead Redemption. And she doesn't have any interest in that. And and so, you know, we would try to find games that we could play together. And it just it just gets lower and lower and lower, you know, and it's it's kind of depressing. So yeah. um so but the so I, I just finally had enough. And and so, you know, I s and I was good friends with Keith Robinson, who who uh, Vic alluded to, who was the um the president of Intellivision. And we were good friends because I, I I was such a great you know in television fan and and I you know I became friends with all the folks there mm -hmm. and uh, we'd see each other at game conferences. Keith would always come over my house when I'd have parties. We'd come to my birthday parties and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and we had taught. He had asked me because he knew I was so passionate about in television. He he had asked me like five years ago. Hey, do you want to come on board and and you know help us with in television? You can own a part of the company and 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 you know maybe you know help help us do stuff. And I said, Keith, I have this vision of like changing the whole video game industry. Why don't we do a brand new in television machine? And he was like, oh, my God, that, that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, he says, you know, but, I, you know, that that would be something that I would have to need your help for. Uh, you know, I, he, he couldn't raise the funds. He didn't have the people. He didn't have the, you know, this and that. And so we'd always talked about, I said, yeah, this would be great. You know, and then I would go on tour with Video Games Live and he'd do his, then we'd see each other like six months later at a convention. Oh man, we got to talk about this new machine. We got to get, yeah, yeah, crap. Let's get together next week or whatever. And we'd get together and have a meeting and then go off and then life happens and all that stuff. And so um, I, and then Keith passed away, unfortunately, suddenly uh, of a heart attack oh, about man. two and a half years ago. And, you know, it, you know, those times in your life when you, you, you might have friends or family who have passed away and and uh, and you start having like all these regrets, you know, or, oh, gosh, yeah. the last time I talked to him or, oh, I was supposed to hang out with that person and I didn't or whatever. There's all these things, you know, emotions that come flowing at you. So at at at, at Keith's uh, life celebration, because I. I call it that because that's what it was. It wasn't really a funeral. All of his friends and family got together and we told stories and it was great. And we played games and it's not this big thing. And we ate cake and ice cream and all sorts of fun stuff and remembered Keith. And I, and I spoke to the other, uh, Oh, you know, owners, employees of Intellivision. And, and these guys started out in television in 1980 and 81. 
I mean, that's crazy, right? And so that's when we decided, we said, look, we, we can't let this just, you know, what's going to happen with the company? And people are kind of like, uh, I don't know, like Keith was the force behind it and, and it really kept it all going. And, and I says, well, look, this is, uh, come over my house next week. Let's have a meeting. And I want to present something to everyone. So they came over my house and I had, I, I dressed the entire room up with all my Intellivision stuff. I mean, I had like all <laughs> the games, all the consoles, posters, everything. And so they walked in and they're like, okay, this guy's creepy. Um, and, wow. <laughs> and, uh, but I just wanted to show them, you know, my love uh, for Intellivision, which they knew, but I really wanted to, you know, take it to the next level. And, I presented them with my vision of what I wanted the next in television to be. And I, I got to say that that vision that I laid out that day is probably 90% in the machine today still. So we added some things and added some cool things, but, but the reality of it, and, and what I did is I had sat down with David Perry. For those of you who follow the game industry, go, go, Go on Wikipedia, put Dave Perry video game or whatever in Wikipedia, and you'll see that he's, uh, you know, he was the programmer of Earthworm Jim. He was the yeah. creator of Shining Entertainment, the programmer of Global Gladiators, Cool Spot, Disney's Aladdin, the Matrix games, uh, sold his company Shiny. And then he's kind of considered the, the father of cloud gaming. Um, yeah. you know, he, he raised $50 million and created his company called Gaikai, which he then sold to Sony computer entertainment for, for $383 million. Um, and that basically became PlayStation. Now it was their cloud gaming service. So Dave oh, created wow. that he was on the board at Sony for five years and then left, uh, left a couple years ago. So, so me and Dave kind of, you know, myself, Dave Perry, and uh, Steve Roney, who started out in television in 1981, uh, he was the guy who was the programmer of B-17 Bomber, if you remember that one. B-17 Bomber, it's kind of a, a classic uh, IntelliVoice game. Um, mm -hmm. And then I brought in a, a fourth very dear friend of mine uh, named Nick, and he became he was the CFO. Here's a guy who sold his last company for $150 million. Um, he used to be... Uh, He's like a legitimate race car driver. He was the 2008 Porsche Cup champion. So in television actually has a racing team now and I'm on it and Nick's on it and a couple other of our great friends and great racers. Um, uh, but like, like I'm the crappiest guy on the team for sure. Nick, <laughs> Nick's like the superstar um, and I'm pretty good, but, but, but Nick's just like on a different level. Um, but we met at the Ferrari club uh years back and he'd come to italy to my wedding and he knew dave perry because he met dave was my best man at my wedding in italy and we had anyway it was it was just amazing um that we all kind of came together so the four of us really co-founded this in television entertainment because what we did is we had to set the company up to be investable right so the right, old man. company was called in television productions uh, that was the company that Keith, you know, uh, w was running, um, but it was just one company. So when you when you form a company to be invested, 
to be invest uh, to be investable. You know, we put the patents in one LLC, uh, the games in another LLC, a uh, you know the the hardware in another one, the new games in another one, the trademarks in another, and then there's like a big holdings company called Intellivision Holdings, which kind of you know is the main focus for all those different companies uh, underneath it. And the reason they do that is to protect protect right. the investors, protect, you know, a bunch of different reasons. And by the way, I don't know if I've ever told anyone this, uh, but to, to let you know kind of the level of professionalism and who we're dealing with, um, our corporate attorneys are called Morgan, uh, Morgan Lewis. Morgan Lewis, is that the name? I want to make sure I got that right. Hold on. <laughs> um, and they're, they're the number one corporate attorney. Yeah, Morgan Lewis. Uh, go on Wikipedia and look at Morgan Lewis. You'll see that they represent, uh, I think it's 70 to 75% of all the Fortune 100 companies. They represent Donald Trump and Barack Obama and the Clintons. So no matter what side of the political coin you're on, they represent the best of the best, you know? Um, and so this is like, you know, when you have a company like this behind you as your corporate attorneys, you know, you're doing it right. Uh, in regards to like, you know, things like trademarks and, um, and patents, uh, you might be familiar with uh, Kenobi Martin. Again, Wikipedia, they're the number one patent attorney's on the planet. So we really have the A team for every single thing that we do, whether it's our producers, like our producers, um, Jason Enos is our, uh, you know, VP of production. Jason, um, you know, he was the producer of the Metal Gear Solid games, uh, wow. Dance Dance Revolution, um, Silent Hill, Castlevania, um, uh, uh, Contra, so he was at Konami for many years, Sega even before that in the early 90s. Um, and then he moved over to EA. He ran the EA Kids division for a little bit. Or I don't know if he ran it, but he, he, he was he a was bigwig there. And then he moved over to uh, Namco and, and ran Namco for uh eight years not ran it i say ran it i shouldn't say that uh but 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 he you know he produced a lot of titles uh over there tekken series and air combat and um you know all, all that uh, i think naruto and things like that so so that you know so these are the you know he's one of the top producers in the entire video game industry boom got him um, and just every person, you know, our, our art director, Michael De Mike Dietz, he's the guy who was the animation uh, director for Earthworm Jim and Disney's Aladdin and on and on and on. So, you know, every step of the way, getting these rock stars and all I have to do is pitch them the console, uh, pitch them the, the idea of bringing people together in the same room. If you take away nothing else about what is in television and why does why is it so different from everything else out there, yeah. it's that our main goal and our main focus is to bring family and friends back together, no matter what your skill level is, and you're all sitting on the couch with multiple controllers, all having fun at the same time. Not grandma watching you play Fortnite. Not <laughs> so and so waiting to waiting their turn to play Zelda after hour two. No, <laughs> we're talking about true couch co-op. And again, you say, well, yeah, but Tommy, like you look at the Switch. There's like, um, you know, you got uh, Super Smash Brothers. 
you know, people are playing couch co-op on the Switch. Oh, really? Is your mom playing Super Smash Brothers with you? I think not, right? So so the, the quick elevator pitch is, think of what the Nintendo Wii was. That was 14 years ago. Right. But what we're doing is, it's kind of like the Wii 14 years later, but with a ton new and updated technology. But our main focus is on those casual gamers, non-gamers, retro gamers, and really something for everyone where everyone can come together. We don't have online play, you know, like against each other because, you know, what happened in the late 90s? See, we didn't have the internet when I was growing up. In the So multiplayer meant your friends came over and you played or your family. In the yeah. late 90s when internet came to be, now... Multiplayer meant a kid in a dark room with his headphones on. That's what multiplayer means these days. And and we just want to bring it back. We want to bring back those those mm-hmm. great feelings. I guarantee all of you in the chat, all of you uh, on the stream, I guarantee if you think back of what your favorite video game memory was ever of all time, I guarantee... It was when you were in a room with a bunch of people playing Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Right? We used, mm-hmm. I used to play uh, LAN parties with Halo. We used to set up Halo you know, LAN parties. Yeah, Maybe exactly. it was GoldenEye on the N64, or Bomberman, mm-hmm. or, or, or Tekken tournaments, or uh, Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. Whatever it was, right? You guys think back and you say, what were the greatest moments you had? And now... You can't think of any recently that have happened like that, right? Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we're doing, my friends. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We are bringing that back, and that's our main focus. And we're simple, and it's affordable, and it's family-oriented, and it's mm-hmm. entertainment. Those four those are our four pillars to the company, and those four words spell out safe because we don't have violent games sexually oriented games bad language not even mildly e for everyone e plus 10 you know why because when we were growing up we didn't need that stuff we didn't need headshots you know um so that you know so you know you don't you don't need an m rating violent blood if you're going to play bowling you know what i mean so so that's um although that would be pretty cool imagine that you throw the bait balls at everyone's Mm -hmm. head they smash or anyway so that that's that's but feel free to keep keep asking questions. Mm-hmm. Let's hit it. So all right, Tommy. So the Intellivision Amico, it really seems to harken back to the early days of gaming, both with the style of console and the games coming out for it. So what made you want to push forward with this console? Because to me, I get the sense that this is a very much a, a passion project yeah. for you in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything I do, uh, anything I've ever done in my career, um all in has been is is all in but it's always been i've always been the underdog i've always no one's ever believed i could do or achieve and like I'll, I'll give you some examples you know when i first got in the game industry and i was started doing real music for video games people were like why would anyone like want to listen to video game music and i and i put out the very first soundtrack album for a video game worldwide on Capitol Records, major label distributed worldwide. Uh, Tommy Tellerico, Virgin Games Greatest Hits, Volume One. 
And people thought I was nuts. They're like, no one's going <laughs> to listen to video game music. Like, you're stupid. And then when me and Vic were doing the TV show, again, this is the mid-90s. We were the only cameras at the first E3. The only ones, oh, right? Wow. And people wow. are like, why would anyone want to learn about video games? Like, people play video games. They don't watch people play them. Or they don't watch them. They don't want to learn about them. Again, this is pre-YouTube, pre-Twitch, pre-everything. And people thought we were nuts. And now look where the industry has gone. Then with Video Games Live, people are like, oh, Tommy, this is 18 years ago, remember? People are like, now you finally lost it. I know you maybe you got lucky with those other things. But now, you look, people who go to a symphony, they don't play video games. And people who do play video games, they certainly don't go to a symphony. So you're totally screwed. No one's going to show up to your <laughs> dumb thing. And mm -hmm. so every time, and now within television, we have a lot of folks, a lot of people who are loving what they what we're doing when you hear the story, when you hear the message, when you get a little more in depth, when I'm able to answer these questions one on one. But there's also folks who don't know much about it, who might just read a press release or hear about it through a negative video on YouTube or 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 some negative response on like 4chan or reset era or anything like that. And so there's this faction of like hardcores who like hate it. Ah, oh, we get anything new they hate, right? So mm -hmm. so it's interesting, you know, to watch it. But the reality is, as I said with the Roblox situation earlier, the reality is the people who know about it and who find out about it, much more bigger majority. You know, if, if you go on YouTube, just go on our Intellivision YouTube channel and watch our 2009 influencer uh you know, kind of roundup uh, of the year and you'll see all these people and all the great things they say about it. So, so, you know, it is tough though, right? It's, it's difficult. You put your mind and soul and heart and passion uh, into everything. You create this amazing team around you. You know, you, 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 you work hard at it every day. You're always looking for, for investment and money too. It never ends, right? It's not like, oh yeah, somebody wrote a check for $30 million and, and we don't have to worry about it. No, we're always, you know, always, always, always trying to get from point A to point B because it's a process, right? You know, somebody just doesn't write a big check at the beginning. It's like, you do things, you make progress. Now people want to give you more money at, at, a, at a higher evaluation. You keep going, you make more progress. Now you, 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 you find more people who, who are interested in, in putting in. And, and then, you know, in order to expand as well, we have offices in, um, in Europe. We have an office in Dubai. We're looking at China right now. We might have a big, uh, a big announcement in a few weeks about, you know, opening an office in China, in television China. Um, and, and so that's an exclusive for you guys, by the way. And uh, we haven't talked mm. about that ever. And, um, and so, you know, but, but there's Mexico and there's Brazil and South America and there's all these places, right? So, so you know, we are the underdog and, and you know, no one's kind of going to see us coming, right? No one's, no one's taking us seriously yet. And we're not trying to even market. Our go-to-market strategy 
isn't for like the hardcore gamers, right? Like I'm not trying to get like Ninja and PewDiePie to like, you know, <laughs> talk about us. And and by the way, if they do, great. I'm it's not like I'm not going to try, but but it's not our focus. Our focus is moms, young families, parents, you know, grandparents, retro gamers 50 and over. Uh, young moms and dads with with kids between the ages of two and seven. These are the people that are being abandoned, right? Yeah. There's no, you know, when when a mom walks around the mall and she walks into GameStop and she says, "Hey, do you have anything for my four year old?" You know what? Uh, GameStop's got to tell her, "We got nothing. We got nothing." Right? Where are most GameStops? Most GameStops are in malls. Same thing with Walmart. Walmart, who's shopping in Walmart between nine in the morning and three in the afternoon? It's moms parents, yeah. with kids. Yeah. And there's nothing to sell them when they walk over that video game section, right? Because, you know, Nintendo Switch is, you know, probably 10, you know, nine, 10 years old and over. By 12, kids are on Fortnite. By their teenage years, they want PlayStation, Xbox. Yeah. Before that, seven, eight, you're talking Roblox, Minecraft, right? But where's well, the unless stuff? you got the salesperson convincing the moms that you know great GTA Five is a great game, and then all the kids love it. Well, no, no, they wouldn't do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you see, what happened is, is that all that edutainment and all those casual games that they used to sell in the '90s. Remember, THQ had all the oh, Nickelodeon yeah. licenses. Oh, yeah. There was EA Kids. There was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every every company had like a kids division was doing edutainment, right? You see it on the PC a lot. See it on the the GameCube and stuff. All that's gone because of this, right? Everybody moved over to mobile. So all the edutainment stuff, all the hyper casual and casual stuff is now on mobile for the last 10 years. But candy wait a second. Yeah. What's the candy crushes and the angry birds? But what's the problem with this? It's oh. solitary. So every single edutainment game, every single game for kids between the ages of two and seven, every single game for non-gamers, everyone is solitary now solitary cannot play them with other people in the room parents are not playing games with their four five six year old kids because they don't even make them anymore right did you know this millennials the millennial generation took over the baby boomer generation for the number one generation the planet earth has ever seen it used to be millennials or sorry it used to be baby boomers those were the biggest in the world generation that the planet Earth's ever seen. Millennials take over last year. Now, in America alone, because what do we know about millennials? And, and you know, there's probably a lot of them right, right here. Millennials, you know, our parents, like I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer, but millennials and Gen Xers, like our parents, they got married when they were like in the early 20s. They had us by the time they were like 25, 27 years old, right? Yep. They had their careers. They had this. Mom was staying at home, the whole thing, right? Our generation, that's kind of over now and finished. Millennials got married much later, got their jobs later, their careers later, um, um, left home later, right? Yep. And now having kids later. So this is the amazing thing. Never in the history of our planet Earth 
has there been a time where there's been more young families? In the United States alone, there are 21 million households that have kids between the ages of two and seven. In Europe, it's another 21 million households. And if you add in Canada and Mexico, the rest of North America, so you add just North America and Europe and that's it, 65 million households, not people, households that have kids between the ages of two and seven years old and there's not a single damn thing that they can play with their parents anymore. Very different from when Gen Xers grew up and when millennials grew up. Right? We played right. games. We can all remember playing games with our parents. Oh, now, yeah. the parents have to watch the kids. It's crazy. Yeah. And so that's our thing. Our thing is, our focus is those young families who are being ignored in home consoles. Our focus is elderly and seniors, those baby boomers, which loved the Wii. They all bought it just to go Wii bowling. They're completely ignored now. There's nothing on the Wii, for, uh, the Switch for them. There's nothing on the PlayStation, nothing on PC, nothing on, and I'm talking general terms here, right? I know, I know there's like, you know, grandmas that play Skyrim and stuff. I get it. I'm just yeah. talking though, general consensus here, general overall, right? So there's nothing for seniors, nothing for young families. And let's face it, I don't know if there's any Gen Xers here, but I think the, uh, I know, I, I know there's a few of them in the chat. I'm they'll a tell you, <laughs> Gen Xers are kind of starting to get disenfranchised. Well, not starting. They have been disenfranchised with modern-day consoles and modern-day games. Too I much. Think, I don't think so. I think, there's a, I think there's a market for the hardcore, to be honest, because we grew up in that era. Well, how old are you? 39. Okay, so you're 39. So you're you're right at the end of Gen X, right? Gen X, yeah. You're Gen X, yeah. right? And so here's a stat for you. There's 200 million hardcore gamers in the world. That's if you add up all the people who own an Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, or who play PC gaming. Right. There's 200 million people in the world who who play hardcore games. Okay. Do you know how many people play mobile devices every day? Video games on mobile, casual games, 3 billion. So that means that 2.8 billion people are disenfranchised and are not playing home console and hardcore games. Yep. This is insanity insanity and that's what we're that's our market our market um now do i think that hardcore gamers will end up buying an amico and having fun with it absolutely but i'm not going to market to them they'll right. it'll be like their second or third console no, nobody's nobody's going to buy an amico instead of a playstation 5 a hardcore right. gamer you know what i mean like i'm right. not i'm not you know drinking my own kool-aid here um <laughs> you know um, but it's going to be the system like they had their Wii's, right? People had oh, PlayStation threes yeah. or two. What was out? I think it was three. Um, they had their PlayStation threes and then they also had, they bought a Wii for their mom or for their, or when their girlfriend and her friends came over or whatever, you know? So, so yeah, I, I, the, sh the machine really is for everyone, but 
where we carve out our own niche is in that family friendly couch co-op everyone playing together no matter what your skill level is okay and is there a certain um like level and i've because i've been reading up on some of it um i'm just thinking of the level of like uh let's say power but um like specs that you're going for i guess something affordable so like people you described that are going to purchase exactly so so and and i'll be the first to admit and i've said this for two and a half years since we announced our machine isn't about speed it's not about you know fast graphics processing see you when and that's why mike deets our art director is so key to this whole thing you don't have to have a fast processor graphics chip real-time tessellation blah 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 in order to have good graphics right because graphics are about style not how photorealistic they are right and so if you have a nice stylized art game you don't need the fastest this but that being said our system isn't about speed because we don't care when your moms were playing wee bowling do you think she cared whether or not the 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 reflection was in real time on the bowling alley when the this and the lighting and the bubba. She didn't care. Right? Or even how accurate it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a very arcadey style thing, right? Yeah. And so it was just about having fun. And so to me in my career, and I think everybody here would agree with this statement, is that the most important thing about a video game is not the graphics. It's not the speed of the processor. It's, is the game fun or not? It's the gameplay, it's the design. That's the most important thing. You either have fun with the game, it doesn't matter what the graphics look like. You either have fun with the game or you don't. I would rather play a game that's simple, affordable, simplistic graphics, but is super fun and I can play with my friends. I would rather do that than Spend a hundred bucks on a game that has photorealistic graphics, but the controls are kind of wonky and the game design sucks. And I was bored to tears because they have five minute cinematics in between even starting the game. You know what I mean? Right. right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's see who we got here. Um, All no. right. That'd be me. Hit it. <laughs> All right. Well, in a recent interview I watched on YouTube, you said that the Amico is capable of things that consoles are not. I actually Correct. that kind of sparked some curiosity in my mind to make a great. statement like that. Cool, uh, cool. Yeah, thank, thanks great. for bringing that up. It's a, it's a great question. And and again, a statement like that, people are like, "What the hell is this moron talking about?" So 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 this is this is what I what I'm what I'm referring to. I'll get into a little detail here because it's it's fun as you kind of start to unwrap the the present here. Uh, you know, it starts to get uh, you know it makes starts to make more sense. So, from a game design standpoint, we are doing things on this system that have never ever been attempted or done before, because. Of the fact, oh, wait, hold on. I got you guys another exclusive. You ready for this? Ooh, he's breaking out the orange bag. I just, I just have, 
I have the um, I have the uh, this is the uh, a little uh, thing that we're going to be. Uh, no one's ever seen this before. This is our little uh, Amico carrying case. Uh, the one difference here. Let me switch over to this. Thing. So this is the Amico. See how there's a there's a oop, there's a Swedish flag right there. We're actually going to be that's going to be a running man flag. So <laughs> running man. But but um, so this is my carrying case here. And this is uh, the latest version of the controller. Um, oh, wow. And actually, let me, I'm going to, it's, it's the batteries, I'm sure, dead. <clears throat> been sitting. So I'm going to let it charge. By the way, USB 3. Hello. Thank you. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, Very cool. Yeah, we're not trying to jip people into buying extra cables and crap. Um, <laughs> so, 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 okay. So what I'm saying I'll, 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 and, and it's, it's best if I give examples um, so that you can really, you know, and I'll give a couple different examples, but uh, f for example, um, one of the, so the, the number one card game in the world is solitaire. Okay. Right. The number two card game in the world is Texas Hold'em. They have shows about them on ESPN championships all over the world. And, Texas Hold'em is about people in a room together playing this game together. You're looking over. Is this guy bluffing? You're trying to pick up subtle things that this person's doing. You get to throw down and, 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 and throw down your straight flush and, you know, punch your buddy in the arm. Aha, you suck. You know, that's the fun of Texas Hold'em. But you've never been able to play that scenario with your friends in a room. You've never been able to do that on a PlayStation, an Xbox, a, a, any Nintendo machine, and even on your mobile device, right? When you play on mobile or you play on Switch, you're playing online because your cards are on the screen or it's, it's on your phone. Imagine everybody in the room, there's a central screen, and everybody in the room has a screen on their controller. Now the flop is on the main screen, the three cards, and everybody has their two cards. Imagine things like Ticket to Ride, Ink and Gold, uh, Pictionary, uh, Telestrations, Monopoly, Scrabble. Imagine all these games where Scrabble, per another perfect example. Imagine if you could have everyone has their letters on their controller or have their cards. Or has so just that alone creates something uh, incredible. But just another thing to consider as well: in menu screens, let's take Tekken for example. You go on Tekken, and you're you're going in the menu screen, and you're going to pick who you're you want to be, and what do you do? You take your D-pad. And you're searching around. Click, 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 click. Boom, hit a button, right? So lots of different button presses, and then you click to hit enter. Or what if on our system, all the characters are there, you look at them, you push the button. One button click, one button press, as opposed to 20 or 30. You ever get one of those PlayStation or Nintendo or uh, Xbox gift cards, mm -hmm. yep. those are fun, aren't they? You get them home, and you're sitting there for 20 minutes trying to... I, I can't stand putting my email address in 
let alone my credit card info, let alone some 35-digit alphanumeric freaking thing so I can get my $20 gift certificate, right? You want to put a bullet in your brain, right? For us, you can first of all, you could type on the thing, but because we have RFID across the entire system, all you do is when you could take one of our cards, you take it home, boom, you just tap it on the system and that's it. Shows up automatically. Same thing with the RFID on our controllers. I, I take my controller. I can go over your house. I tap my controller on your machine. And now, of course, it connects it automatically. But we can now play all of my games that I own. We can now play them on your machine. These are the kinds of things that no one has ever done before, right? And, but from a gameplay element as well, speaker, microphone, gyroscope, accelerometer, color touchscreen, wireless charging, RFID, buttons that light up, disc that lights up, lighting on the system and on the controllers. So that means, let's say we're playing... Let me see. There's one, two, three, four, five. There's six of us in the, in the stream right now. Let's say the six of us wanted to play Frogger. Now you say, well, Tommy, Frogger's a great game. My wife loves it. My mom always would play that. But that's a single-player game. You got you get your frog from point oh, A to point B. a great multiplayer game. <laughs> it's an amazing multiplayer game. Imagine the six of us all playing at the same time. My controller is lit up red. Yours is green, yours is blue, yours is orange, yours is purple, yours is yellow, and your controller, which is all lit up that color, also represents your frog on screen. So I nice. can look over to you and go, oh, you're the green one. Oh, you're the blue one. Oh, you're the... Now, old school frogger. I'm not doing... We're not going into first person 3D, all that bullshit that everyone tries to do with, you know, when they update a game. Nope. Overhead... Sure. Simple stuff, updated graphics and audio. But now the six of us need to get to the top. Oh, by the way, there's only five openings. Oh, and now you're now you're man. pushing people off the log. Now, now you're it's, like the most I, simplest I, of ideas me, in games. You know what I mean? Me, I envision a lot of yelling and screaming during that time in the room. Tons. I'm not going to Jeremy right off that log, I'll say, right now. <laughs> You're ready, Jeremy. <laughs> you sit on the end, edge of that you sit on the edge of that log, I will come up and I will bump you the hell off. <laughs> and then you got to start log. back at the beginning again, right? This is fun stuff. And 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 the, you know, the other thing to 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 note too is that a lot of the games that we're doing are using the touchscreen, using the microphone. So, for example, we got this one amazing game, and this is this is another uh, exclusive for you guys. We have this one great game, and it's it literally it's the one that tests the highest among non gamers. And all you do is you're using the controller, and you tap the touchscreen, and you talk into it. And I'm not, I don't want to give away the game design and all this stuff because it's a big reveal that we're doing at E3. But something as simple as that, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're young, old, or, or, or 80 years old. Grandma can just push the screen 
and say a word into the controller. And that's the, the that's what the the whole gameplay is built around that. Nice. And 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 so this is the kind of stuff that I'm saying <clears throat> never been done before in the game industry. So so when I say that, people might equate that to oh, do you have some special chip, some special thing going on? No, it's about because of the way we've created the machine with the lights, with the touchscreen, with all these things I mentioned, we've, we've put it in a way that no one has ever mixed this stuff up before and put it all together into one. Because of that, and because we're focused on couch co-op, because we're focused on people who don't play video games all the time, combining all that stuff together has opened up such a huge i'm going to give you one more exclusive one one more uh fun thing so we have this game where you're trying to crash into each other you can see a little bit of it in our uh, gamescom trailer video mm -hmm. now you'll see four cars and it's kind of like remember crisscross crash if you remember if you had that hot wheels thing it's kind of oh, yeah. like that you're, so you don't have to steer the car. You just slow up or speed down. Slow up or speed down. And the object is to smash in this, into the side of somebody. Now, in a normal video game, if I smash into you and your car is now out, in a normal video game, you'd have to sit there and wait for the others to all crash out before you have a chance to play again. Mm -hmm. That's been video games since the beginning of time. Yep. But what I've done is, again, I'm, I'm, I'm pun intended, changing the game. Because of the color touchscreen, if I knock you out, waiting around isn't fun. Now you're, you're, you're going to go on your, you're going to check your Instagram. You could check. No. The fun for you really starts. Because we have these traps that are all set up in the track. For example, and so on your controller, you might see a brick wall. You touch the brick wall, the br and you have to time it. The brick wall comes up, and then you can smash somebody out. And if you smash somebody out, even though you're out, you get a point for that. Or there's a magnet. The magnet will, you know, and again, you have to time it. Perfectly, and you only get one of each. You get one magnet, one brick wall, and we have another one where um, it stretches your car out to twice the length, <laughs> so you're more apt to get hit. And we have a whole bunch of ones. We have holes. We have all these different things on different levels. But so, so, it, so you put the magnet down, and I get caught in the magnet right in the intersection, and boom, you. somebody hits me, and you get a point for that even though you're out. You see what I'm saying? And all you do is you touch the, the thing, you touch the magnet on the screen, you touch the right. brick wall. This is the kind of game design and elements that no one's been ever been able to do before until now. And it brings wow. up some really interesting gameplay elements to it. Too. Huge. So, yeah. There's stuff that, that, that we haven't even thought of yet that, that developers for years to come are going to be thinking in crazy ways on, on how we can use this controller. And when everybody has a controller and there's a central screen and there's RFID and microphone speaker, colored touch screens, light up buttons. I mean, it's going to be crazy, right? Let me see. I'm going to, let me see. I'm going to, I'm going to show you the new uh, version. I've never shown this live before. Um, 
Okay, Sweet. so let me switch back so I can. Ooh, that looks pretty nice. Sexy. Um, yeah, so that's uh, this and that. Now, oh, let me see if the... Uh, wait, let me shut this light off. Let me... Hold on. Uh, no. Um, see, put it sideways a little bit to the left or the right. Um, nah, it's hard go. to tell. Yeah, right there. Right there. Right there. Oh, yeah, I can see the... Uh, but... Um, let me see. And let me, I'll show you the, uh, oop, okay. Everything's backwards. Uh, cause I'm looking at the screen. Here's the, uh, you can see the, you'll see the accelerometer working there. Right. Ah, the glare is killing me, but, um, <clears throat> let me see if I can get it to, there's the, uh, it's coming in pretty good. Mm-hmm. You can see the ball moving around on the screen to show the, you know, the accelerometer working. Um, and also when you touch the screen, it also, it, it vibrates. Um, you can see the color, the screen working there, how responsive it is. Um, but this is my favorite screen. Uh, let me make sure it's dark, but uh, it's not going it, to, it doesn't show up well. But anyway, this is the. Uh, oh, that's cool. Oh, it lights up. That's nice. Yeah, they just like light the uh, Philips Hue brand mm -hmm. stuff. And and you can see also, you can see here, you know, you see that little green ball that's you're showing. So we have 64 positions. Most D-pads only have eight. But you see that green thing on the top. See the harder I press down. Oh, yeah. The harder. So oh, it's, it's touch. Yeah. So it's got touch sensitive. touch sensitive as well. And you can see the lights getting bigger longer now i'm sure that. the screen is also as well right touch sensitive uh no not really no this okay. the screen is no it's, it's just a touch screen okay yeah i got yeah. a quick question i'm curious how many yeah. of these controllers can you have going at one time like how many people eight. like players eight okay eight nice. now but but the other great thing though guys is that not only do you have eight um not only do you have eight, let me shut this off, charge it up. Not only do you have eight, you know, you can have up to eight controllers, but of course it, the system comes with two controllers. Now that's the first video game system in about 25 years that has come with two separate controllers. And by the way, these are not cheap, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. We have more technology in this. This is basically a mobile device without the G's, right? How That's much right. do you pay for your how much do you pay for your mobile phones? Five, six, seven, eight hundred, sometimes a thousand dollars? I don't no, want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it, right? You're much. getting two of these with the with the system, five full games, all for around two hundred bucks. 220, we're still working it out, but it'll probably be around 220, 230, somewhere in that. Now, now how much are that, the controllers going to be? Right, so we're still working that out because every week little components will come down and yeah. this and that. We'll, we'll know, I'll know the answer to that question in April when we finally go into production. That's when we're going into manufacturing. So cool. from now until then, we're trying to save one penny here, one penny there. Yeah. And not, not, not because we're making stuff cheaper, 
but because component prices come down from like month to month, right? Yeah. And so, but here's the great thing, guys. You can just I'm gonna I'm gonna launch this now because like I said, everything I just said. Boom. Everything I just said that's in here. RFID, mm-hmm. gyroscope, accelerometer, speaker, microphone, touchscreen. It's all in your mobile device as well. So what we've done is we've recreated, and this is the old television skin here. We've actually recreated the entire this in this. And so you're now able to use this and hook up to eight of these. Well, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, that is nice. and, and it's a and it's a free app. We don't charge anything for it. So right out of the box, up to eight people can play the device, and they don't have to pay anything. W- w- what's the Xbox Elite controller? How much is that? Hundred million bucks. An American or Canadian? hundred and eighty dollars. Right. Yeah. And so the, how 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 ridiculous is this getting, guys? We got to put an bad. end to it. And and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to like disparage any of the other companies. I'm really not. You know, I'm just trying to point out all the ways that we're different and hopefully yeah. this is refreshing for a lot of people to hear, you know. Well, you know, Tommy, you can be different. That's all fine and dandy, but let's talk about the games. Yes. You know, let's Most I'm important a hardcore thing. gamer, but I also play, you know, casual games too. Right. What kind of what kind of hard games, hardcore games are we launching with, and what kind of casual games uh, are you launching with too? That's a great question. So let me go. Let me. I'll go over my. Uh, I'll go over our catalog with you right now. Um, the the percentages. So twenty percent of our twenty to twenty five percent of our library is sports and recreation. Now. So not only baseball, football, soccer, and and that stuff, but also recreational sports, Um, bowling, skiing, darts, pool, cornhole, uh, bocce, shuffleboard, right? So so again, sport uh, sports that you would play with your family. So that's but even our even our sports games like like. Um, you know, they're not, you remember Tecmo Bowl? Remember that? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's great. Remember how easy that was? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Compare that. So that's what we're going for. Compare that to like the latest Madden football game. (laughs) I can't even even play that anymore because it's so complex. And and again, keep in mind, you want to pick like out of two or four plays. Oh, I want to run or pass. Yeah. Boom. It's right here on your screen. You know all that crap you have to do on Madden football because everybody's watching your screen and you have to fake out things. You have to do this and that. No, it's all your playbooks right here, my friends. You know, it's like boop, boop, boop. That's easy. Okay, cool. But it's all one button kind of stuff, right? Right. Um, so that's a, that's a, a portion of our library. Another portion is hyper, like casual sport uh, like uh, board games card games uh, tv shows um you know things like farkle and things like spades um 
and you know, like I said, all sorts of card games and 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 it match three things and this and that. So all those kind of super casual games. Boom, we got and and board games and card games and dice games. Boom, we got that. Oh, let me tell you about the dice game. Really, uh, the dice roll. I'm I'm actually going to be doing a video and I'm going to launch it next week as well for this. Is that so? Imagine it's you're playing you know, Yahtzee, let's say, or you're playing some dice game, Farkle or whatever, with a group yeah. of people and everybody's got a controller and everybody's got a screen. It's your turn to go. So brr, your, your, your uh, controller buzzes. You're the red player. So your, glow, your controller glows red. The system is glowing red to let you know, hey, red player, boom, your turn. Things vibrating because again, grandma sometimes doesn't know when it's her turn, right? So it's all painfully obvious. Not only with sight, uh, not not only with sight and feel and sound. All three of those things are going to tell you it's your turn. Okay, now you get your dice up on the on your screen, and guess what? You can go like this, and now the dice are kind of moving around in real time. Dice, 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 and then you go, boom. And you throw it up, and now they go, they leave your screen and get thrown up onto the big screen that everybody nice. can play. <laughs> nice. It's those little Very simple cool. touches, right, that no mm -hmm. one's ever been able to do before, right? Mm -hmm. So, anyway, so we have a lot of games like that. Okay, that's another 20, 25%. Then I have a section 20, 25%, which I, which I call retro reimagined. Mm. And so, what that is, it's Pong, it's Missile Command, it's Burger Time, it's Moon Patrol, it's all the old in television games, Astro Smash and Shark Shark and boom, 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 you name it, we got it, the Froggers, all this stuff. It's those games retro reimagined, meaning we're not changing the gameplay, we're not going to bring Frogger into 3D or bring, you know, Pong into like third person. Same gameplay. But we're updating the graphics, updating the audio, but more importantly, adding in a whole bunch of couch co-op, not only co-op modes, but also versus modes as well. So let's take a game like Moon Patrol, for example. Now, Moon Patrol was a single-player arcade game. And for those of you interested to have a little taste of it, we have an app out there we, we launched. It's called Amico Club. It's on iOS, and, and we just updated it this week. You can download that, and you can actually play about 20 or 30 seconds of our Moon Patrol game. We ported it over on, uh, on mobile just to, just to give, get people excited or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but Moon Patrol is always a single-player game. And yes, we have 20 campaigns that you'll have to go through. You'll have like, you know, six, seven hours of fun in single player for sure. But the multiplayer, we have multiple ways you can play. So let's say, again, let's say grandma's over or you're playing with your little niece or little daughter or whatever. And, you know, you can, you can be the one you can assign different things on the vehicle to different people who are playing to play cooperatively. So, for example, you might say, look, I'm going to jump and I'm going to control the speed. But, you know, my, my little nephew who's five years old, 
I'll assign the fire button to him. So all he has to do is just hit the screen or, or, or this disc or any of the buttons. He can just hit it, anything, and it just mm. fires, right? Nice. Or I can give my dad the jump button. Hey, dad, you're going to jump. Just whenever you see a big rock, if it's still there, or, or whenever you see a hole, just jump for me, right? Um, so that's the cooperative mode. But the one that I'm most excited about is this one, this um, version I created where it's like a round robin versus mode. And again, you say, well, what, what about, you know, how do you do that? Is it multiple vehicles on screen? No, what it is is this. Again, how do I use the colors and how do I use the screen and how do I use couch co-op like no one has ever done before? So for, for our round robin moon patrol, what happens is, again, I'm red. My car's red. Amico, when it's my turn, Amico is red. My controller's red. And my car's red, so I know it's my turn. Now, you're blue, you're green, you're purple. I know this because your controllers are lit up. Hey, you blue bastard, I, I, I see that you're blue. <laughs> my goal in Moon Patrol is to go as far as I can. You guys are now all of the ships that are trying to stop me. And yes, I know which one every one of you is because the blue ship is your blue controller. The green ship is the green controller. Are oh, you, you know, and now you start to say, you son of a gun. I saw you green bastard. I'm going to get you next time. So when you stop me, now it's round robin. Now the green guy's up. Amico turns green, green ship. Now I, my red, I'm now a UFO and I'm trying to shoot and fire you with everybody else. So, I was just against all you guys. Now I'm on defense, or I guess you call offense too. Uh, you know, now I'm trying to stop everybody else too. So it's like everybody's on each other's team or against everybody at the same time. This opens up so many different amazing things. And again, you can only do it with our controllers, with the lighting system, with the touch screen and the way we're integrating that into the game. It's it's really kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Speaking of illumination, I want to talk about the design of the system. Specifically, mm -hmm. what was the premise behind the illuminating LED lights going around the console, like that ring going around? Because mm -hmm. they're very pretty lights, but do they serve any further purpose? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just named 10 of them over the last half hour. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, so with Moon Patrol, like I said, when it's your turn mm -hmm. boom, yeah, that's right. red is up um you know all of the games uh so so yes it absolutely comes into gameplay um, imagine this imagine you're playing oh gosh okay here's another exclusive coming um let's say you're playing safe cracker you're trying to open a safe right oh, nice and, and 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 you hear the click on your controller click 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 and and and, and you you can feel the you can hear the um you, so the tumbler you can hear it and it's lighting up here right mm -hmm. and then when you get it, it it vibrates a little bit ooh mm -hmm. and then you walk oh i must have okay so that is the tumbler now i have to go back the other way right um so we're using the lights here but but think of it on the system what if your if you were getting low on energy 
How many times have you like played a game and you like have to take your kind of eye yeah, push the home off, button, yeah. Off the action to either hit a home button or or to look at your bar or to look at your health. That doesn't help you when you're playing because now, oh shit, I'm about to die. Let me look up and see, oh, I'm dead now. <laughs> right? <laughs> so imagine if you know, you are notified by the light right going red red danger danger what if you had you know and this was telling you as well so so yes absolutely lots of different ways and and it's and by the way it's fun just like when you win too you know it's like it's like it's like you do something positive and it's like a rainbow effect or uh (laughs) or or how about when there's a cop chasing you and it's going red, blue, red, blue, red, blue, like it's a like it's a, a cop machine, right? That's Let's cool. say you, you hit That's a home cool run in yeah. baseball, and it looks like flashlights going off and fireworks. Boom, oh, boom, boom, really boom. Cool. You got a home run. Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool, though. It's real. People are gonna people are gonna love it. And the way the reason I incorporated this whole lighting system into the thing was from my, what I learned from being on the road with video games live for eighteen years, right? One of the things I incorporated into Video Games Live is synchronized lighting. So it's not just an orchestra on stage playing video game music. That's okay, but when you have synchronized lighting and the video screen, now it becomes an experience that no matter what age you are, no matter how old you are or how if you're a gamer or not, if you're not a gamer at all and you come out and you're watching Warcraft and the rock and roll lighting is moving, synchronizing in time to this amazing music, it doesn't matter if you ever played the video game or not, right? right. And so I, I, I learned that through Video Games Live, how important these kind of just lighting is, especially for non-gamers. And then so I, that's why I incorporated it into the system and why... Well, and then it opens up a whole possibilities of well, Tommy. You know? I don't know if you've ever had. I don't know if you have the Philips Hue uh, lighting system. Now it's similar to what you're talking about. You know the Philips for Hue what lighting system? system? No, no. It's just it's just a lighting. It's lighting. That's all. Oh, it it's is. just like for DJs and stuff. No, not for DJs, but it's real. It's regular home lighting, and what what it is is there's a bridge. Oh, you I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. They sell them at Best Buy. I've seen them right. at Best Buy. Yeah. So you can now hook that up to your TV, which creates now the image on screen, the colors on screen. Cool. Actually, yeah, exactly. So it, it I mean, that's right. more of a gimmick, I guess, right? No, no, no. Actually, it's not a gimmick. So no? like, let's say you're going through the ocean and you know, automatically it turns blue. And then if it's, you know, let's say it's a red balloon that passes by, then it'll turn blue and red with the balloon pass. It's very, um, how can I, it's, it's like what you said. Ambient? It's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So but it. it's, an, it's an amazing experience. So oh, I can cool. see check how, that out. yeah, you, I can do you see, have one. I have one. So I can go on my app right now. You can't see it, but, um, yeah. I can go on my app and look at the, the, um, the background right now. What am I looking at? In the, look at my t. Yeah, look at my screen. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah. So you can. Ch- I could change the lighting all over Blue, the place. You know, purple, different pink. colors. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Exactly. Cool. So, but you can also they have a, a HDMI um, little box that you can connect to your TV, 
and it, uh-huh. everything that's on display can actually, uh, you know, show up on the lights. So do you so play really video cool. games with that on? Yeah, exactly. So if I'm playing Halo yeah, cool. and there's I'm in a grass field, it'll be green and you know stuff like so, that. So, but what? So what it's doing though is it's taking what's on screen and mimicking it in LED lighting. Yep. Gotcha. See, imagine how cool it would be though. Is every time, um, you know, like something like it was warning you of something that you didn't even see on screen, right? So, so yeah, it's it's it, we're we're. We're not really doing that. I, I understand where that's cool, but that's not how we're approaching it. We're approaching it more of like, how can it be interactive? Right. But that wasn't as, the yeah. point was the experience. Is but the point, yeah, is that, yeah. that's something you enjoyed. Right. Gotcha. Cool. That's good. Well, that's good news. Because a lot of people are like, um, yeah, I'm just going to turn those off because that's just going to be annoying. Um, yeah. And for some people, it might be, and they have the option to turn that off. But. So we're going to go through a couple of rounds here with, uh, you know, a, a more questions with the panel. And then we're going to do some uh, live chat questions, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, what's, and I may have missed this part, uh, what's your distribution as far as games? Is it just going to be centralized, like when you start up the, like, the device? We have uh, digital it, and physical media. Oh, okay, cool. So you all uh, All the games digital are $9.99 or less. Oh, so you get a discount because you're not paying for the distribution. Absolutely. Unlike all the other companies out there that charge you the same exact amount for the physical than the digital. Or more, yeah. Even though the stores are marking them up 100%, plus they have all the packaging, the media, all the money that it takes to create all those elements, the, the shipping, the taxes, all that stuff, right? But how come Zelda is still the same? <laughs> Shouldn't it be like 30 bucks for the digital version instead of 60? No. Um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're passing on all of that. We're passing that on to the consumer. Again, companies just don't do that, right? See, my, my two biggest things with, with our consumers, our two biggest things are what I want people to feel is trust and value, right? I want people to trust the Intellivision brand, to trust Amico that it's not going to deliver you crappy games, that it's not going to take advantage of you, there's no in-app purchasing, there's no loot boxes, there's no added downloadable content to charge you, we're not going to ask you for your email address and your friend's list on Facebook, you're not going to get 30-second ads every three minutes, You're going to be able to trust that we're not going to have violence and bad language and bloody crap that your kids can play this no matter what they are. And it's going to be safe for them forever. We're going to build trust and value. So if a family of four and a dad takes his family of four out to the movies, you're talking 12 to 15 bucks each for the ticket. You're talking popcorn and soda. They're spending $60 to $80, and they're getting two hours of entertainment, and the family is sitting in a dark room not talking. If we can provide 10 hours of entertainment for five or six bucks, you can see where the value proposition now becomes much greater for people. Everything that we do. Let me tell you really quick about the Founders Edition. 
that were that were doing that were putting uh, on sale this coming week. You got to sign up to our mailing list, though. For anyone to not sign up, go to IntelligentAmico.com, and we're doing a limited edition. And this is only something that we're doing. We're not trying to like raise money or kickstart or anything like that. This isn't kickstarted, right? We have in real investors from around the world. What we're doing is we want to do something because we're getting so many hundreds of emails from people. We want to do something special for the people who are paying attention now. Because keep in mind, we haven't started marketing. We haven't spent a dollar on advertising. Our, our marketing and advertising campaign don't kick in until the end of summer. So anyone knowing and finding out about it now is just like a bonus to us, right? Um, but what we're doing is so many people have been asking us for something special. So we want to do something special for our most hardcore followers. So like I said, the, the, the normal machine will be about 220, 230. And that comes in white or black. We're also going to have limited edition versions. If you've seen the vintage wood grain, uh, the red with black carbon fiber, uh, we have a, a, a purple, um, one of those, we call it galaxy purple because it's, you know, the kind of the oil spill effect where it changes colors depending on, you know, between purple and blue. Mm -hmm. Th those cost a lot more to manufacture. So we're doing those as limited editions and those will sell for around $279 because they're more expensive and they're limited. What mm -hmm. we're doing is we're doing a special and those are for kind of super fans that, that want the limited edition. But most of the machines that you'll see all over the place are going to be 220 230 like I said. You know, on sale, there'll be a buck ninety nine, right? So, and again, five full games, two super expensive controllers, up to eight mobile devices all at the same time, no DLC, all games $10 or less. Okay. So the Fowler's Edition, you're, you're, you're going to start pre-orders for that this Friday? Yes. Now, are you ready for this? Because, again, I'm always about value, always about giving people way more than they're, they're expecting. So the normal vintage wood grain edition is going to cost $279 when it comes out. Okay. And it's going to be limited to probably 10,000 pieces. Okay. The founder's edition, first of all, I got to tell you how many we're doing. <laughs> we're doing 2,600, <laughs> you know, to kind of jab atari a little bit gotcha. uh, the atari 2600 <laughs> so we're, we're going to do 2600 founders editions it's going to be the vintage wood grain each one is going to be hand signed uh, by me and hand numbered one of 2600 two of 2600 three hand numbered hand signed it's also going to come with a, a, a 3d lenticular running man poster on the back, signed by the entire Intellivision team who created the console. Uh, the third thing, you're going to get a Founders Edition pin. You're going to get a Founders Edition patch. You're going to get a free physical and digital Earthworm Jim soundtrack. You're going to get a physical Tommy Tellerico soundtrack and the digital as well. You're going to get the console shipped to you a couple days 
before the rest of the world. And you're going to get, and this is a big one, you're going to get a special golden ticket, a metal golden ticket that is an RFID on it, which is a $50 gift certificate for the games. So when you turn your Amico on, you're going to take that thing, you're going to tap it on the system, and it's a collectible, beautiful thing. We're going to show it to you next week, and that will put 50 games on the on the console. So keeping in mind that that the the normal limited edition vintage root grain is going to be two seventy nine plus fifty dollars plus this plus that plus the sign plus this you'd think that something like this would I don't know be three fifty three ninety nine maybe whatever founders mm -hmm. edition two ninety nine only twenty dollars more than what we're going to sell it to and you don't have to pay $2.99 now. That's ridiculous. Again, this isn't a Kickstarter. Nice. You put $100 down now, and it's 100% refundable. If you want to, if you, if, if by September, you, when, when the final payment is about to go through, it'll give you the choice. Do you want your 100 bucks back? If not, you're going to lose the system. And I'll keep it, and I'll sell it on eBay. I don't care. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's a $100 completely refundable thing. And so for the folks who, who were interested in that, we're putting that on sale. you got to sign up to our mailing list, though. That's where we're going to you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, do it there uh, first. So anyway, yeah, that's the Founders Edition. So pretty cool. Value and trust, my two biggest things. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Atari uh, dude had a great question about this. He says, how can the founder's price be set when the final retail price isn't fully set? Because we know the range. We know the range of the basic machine. We know the range is going to be, like I said, 220, 230. We know that range already, right? And so... We so this the vintage wood grain, we know how much it's going to cost us, and we don't mind taking a loss on the founder's edition because it's a special thing for our most hardcore fans. So we're going to take a loss on it, so we don't that's why we don't care. So I have a little bit of a tough question, just Hit it. because you said that My you favorite. were open to them. All yes. right. So just to point it out there, I totally respect what you're trying to do, bringing families together, giving them a console that they know that isn't going to have mature rated content on it. Uh -huh. um, I actually happen to came from a household where the parent would not play video games with yeah. me. So that's where I'm just wanting to spark the question on, you know, with the, with the way the social climate we live in, parents are always too busy with their jobs and daily life to sometimes do stuff like that. Um, not to mention you're going against um, three very well-established names in the industry. Um, what is your, I guess, plan in, going forward on how you are? Because you say you want to change the industry. You're wanting to change mm -hmm. how perceive gaming yeah. and essentially you're trying to change the world and that's yes. actually a very very large you know thing to accomplish yeah yeah so so, so yeah. like i said you know all of the things i just mentioned you can't do on those three systems again keep in mind 200 million hardcore gamers on those systems 
I'm not trying to compete with those systems. We're not competing with them at all. We're competing with board games. <laughs> you know, that's the family fun thing. You know, the board game industry has gone up 40% every year for the last five years in a row. Why is that? I love board games. Yeah. Why is God, that? I was talking about that last night. And, you know, because actually, people I, can't play video games together anymore. That's yeah. why, right? And so... So, so, so I want to understand your question though, because I think I, I think you brought up a couple good points. So, 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 lay, lay like, tell me what what the, the the one thing is in regards to our marketing or in regards to. I just want to understand it a hundred percent. Well, the, the kind of put in a society, um, like you're wanting to bring people together where people invite each other over to our over to their yes. homes again to play games. Yes. But now let's take a look at it from a society perspective. Back in the okay. 1950s, people lived with white picket fences and they would talk to their neighbors over a fence that was waist high. Right. Fast forward to the year 2020, people are building six, eight foot concrete retaining walls because yep. they don't want to look at their neighbor. Right. So, th so, so, so it's a great question. Tackle. So, so the first thing is families. Families don't live like that at all. Little, you know, yeah. families of a, a, a four-person unit, four, you know, two, two kids and, and two parents or, or one parent and two kids or whatever, they're not living with brick walls. They're all in the same house together. And the sad, pathetic part is, is that little Susie's on her phone in the corner a uh, teenage boy is in his room shut down with his headphones on playing Fortnite. Mom, maybe she's playing Candy Crush or she's not even interested because she hates video games because her two kids aren't playing together. See, my idea has already been proven. The Nintendo Wii was the third biggest selling console of all time. 102 million units sold generated $50 billion in revenue. The Nintendo Switch has only sold 45 million units. That means there's 55 million people out there who bought a Wii for $249 14 years ago, which is the equivalent of $320 today. Where did all those people go? Well, we know that billions of people play this, right? And so think about the last time you did have a family gathering. So, you know, maybe it was Thanksgiving, maybe it was Christmas, maybe it was New Year's, right? Did those whole group of people play video games? Probably not. They pro you were probably playing a board game, if any games, right? And so we're not expecting like the system's gonna live or die on strangers or friends getting together. It's more about the family because the because right now technology has been splitting families apart for the last ten years. The they did a, a a huge research and the number one thing that young parents are concerned about the most when it comes to their kids. The, you know what the number one thing was? Too much giving their kids too much screen time by themselves. That is the number one concern for a young parent on the planet Earth today, right? And so what we're doing is, because they can't play with their kids, right? They could with the Wii. You know, I get so many people telling me, yeah, we, we have the Wii hooked up still. Do you know this? Dance, uh, Just Dance by Ubisoft, last year, 
They came out with the new Just Dance. They did an Xbox One version. They did a PlayStation 4 version. They did a Nintendo Switch version. And because a whole bunch of people asked them for it, they did a Wii version as well as a goof, right? Because, you know, it's like the first Wii game that's come out in like, you know, seven years or whatever. Can I tell you this? And you can find this online. Just Google it. Just Dance on the Wii outsold all the other platforms combined. What the hell is that saying to you, right? People want this kind of entertainment. It's just that nobody's making it, you know? And so that's our goal. Our goal is to use technology to bring people together. And even those gamers that are in the same house together, they're not even playing together because there's nothing that they they can all do together, you know? I hope right. that answered your question somewhat. No, it did. Um, do you guys mind if I ask him one other Go quick ahead. question? Hit Go it, ahead, hit it. No, I it. just, I want to, because now you are marketing a game uh, console to a very younger demographic. Uh, well, to, to parents. Say, We're marketing to, to parents. To parents, yeah. yeah. But you're wanting kids, you even said four-year-olds, to be able to pick up a game and actually Absolutely. kind of mess with it. Yeah. Now, that being said, we all know for, you know, kids of that age can sometimes be a little destructive. Mm -hmm. now is that something that's gone into the design of hell the controller yes. hell yes i mean i, I I'll, I'll release some of these videos someday um but yeah it, it we all have a tear in our eye in the office when we take this thing and we slam the shit out of it on the floor because we have to break them <laughs> yeah so for sure and and by the way that's why a lot of parents you know these parents they're, they're paying a thousand dollars for their iphones or their you're their oh, Galaxy Tens, yeah. right? Thousand bucks, and you know, and you don't want to give that to your to your four year old. They're gonna drop and stuff. So yeah, ki kid tested. Now, granted, if you take this thing and you whale it against a wall, it's not gonna do well. I packed over but, it with my SUV. It didn't survive. <laughs> yeah, but, but but you can drop it on the ground a bunch of times, and it'll be no problem. You just can't take a sledgehammer to it. I'll tell you this. I, I will go on record as saying this. It's a lot more resilient than your mobile device. A lot nice. more. And what we've done is, actually, this is another exclusive for you guys. So we have the capacitive screen. So it's glass, just like your mobile. But, and people don't know this yet, it's first time. But we, we actually put another, like a plexiglass um we, we put a, uh, oh gosh, what do we call it? Uh, it's like a thing that goes over. It's like cut out that goes completely over it just for that reason because we don't want the glass to break. Oh, very, very Great questions. Great questions. Mm -hmm. And speaking of questions, we are going to dive right into the chat. The chat has a whole bunch of questions to ask you, Tommy. Hit it. Uh, first, we're going to start with show friend Jago Kukin. Uh, let's see here. So how did your meeting with MLB go, uh, going forward with four? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he must've listened to the, uh, he must've listened to the other, uh, the podcast I did with your buddies. Uh, yeah. something came up and I, well, here I'll, I'll do it again. So, so we had, we, you know, we had that, you know, uh, meeting, uh, and then I'll, I'll tell you how, how well it went. Um, this is for January 21st. You can see January 21st, look at 8.30 in the morning. 
So it went, it went, it went so well. We we're doing a second meeting. Uh, well, it's oh, it's good. like our fifth meeting, but um, no, no, it's going great. They, the, it's funny. The guy who's in charge over there um, of digital and licensing and stuff, huge in television fan, grew up playing MLB baseball, figuring out. You know, we're like, oh, we got to put it. because remember the MLB and in television, that was the very first sports license ever in the video game industry over 40 years ago. So how cool would it be for the very first two companies 40 years later to kind of come back and do something? So we're all excited about it. It'll, it'll happen for sure. But uh, great, great question. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Atari dude had a few questions. Uh, this is an interesting one. When I own those board games, etc. already, why would I want to play that on an Amico when I could just bring out the boards? What will make the Amico experience, uh, like, what's the difference enough to go digital? Great question. Great question. I'm going to give another exclusive here. I'm just dropping them like bombs tonight. Dropping the bombs. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you've ever played the game Telestration, I'm going to use the game Telestration as an example. Very, very big... Uh, you know, it's a very big, huge, popular game. Okay. Telestrations is a game where everybody gets a pad and uh, a marker. And what happens is everybody picks a card. You look at the card and it says a word. It might say uh, giraffe. One, And then your card might say kitchen. And another card might say chair. Okay. So what you do is, once you get your card, you now draw on this pad what your card says, right? So mine's a giraffe. I try to look like something that looks like a giraffe. And, you, and the timer is 60 seconds. Everybody's done at 60 seconds. Now you pass your pad to the right. Next person gets their pad. This person gets their pad. This person gets their pad. And now you look at the picture, you flip over the pad, and now you write down what you think that person was drawing. <laughs> and you get 60 seconds for that. Then, once that's done, you pass the pad, pass the pad. It's kind of like a cross between Pictionary and Telephone, if you remember playing that game with a kid. Oh, yeah. Pass the pad. Now I get a thing that says donkey. And now I have, now I flip the page. I draw a donkey and it does keeps it have, going all does, the way around at the end of the game. I then one player at a time. I have to show everyone my pad. Hey, look, everybody check it out. My word was a giraffe. And so I drew a giraffe. And now, when I passed it to John over here, huh? He said it was a. He thought that was a donkey because I draw. I suck, and it looked like a. And then, and then, look at this person drew a. It looks like a donkey, but with the next person, oh, they said it was a dog. Huh? So anyway, the fun part. You don't even keep score. The fun part is watching how stupid the drawings are. And again, you have to take your little pad this big. And, and everybody gathers around, and you kind of show them this pad. Now yeah. let's play the Intellivision version. 
All right. What's your word? Boom, it randomly comes up on your, it randomly comes up. Everybody gets a different word sent right to their controller. You don't have to pick cards. You don't have to, boom, timer on the screen starts yes. to count, count down. Now, you haven't done anything. Now, the lights on the Amico are starting to fill up as the sand, as the timer is getting lower and lower and lower. So you can look at it and go, oh, crap, I'm running out of time. You're drawing right on the controller boom now your time's up and it automatically shifts my picture right to the next person this person's picture comes right in what they just drew and now i i write on the thing what i think it is boom it goes around 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 then at the end instead of me taking one book and everybody gathering around and looking over my shoulder at this little book boom the whole thing is up on the big screen for everybody to see nice this is a huge difference night and day same exact game you know again monopoly it is fun again i'm not trying to i'm not trying to disparage board games i love board games too but when you don't have to set them up and you don't have to put them away and you can easily explain everything because it's right on the screen and right on the controller and anyone can jump in with their mobile you know it becomes uh you know it becomes uh, a different experience. I don't think we're going to replace board games, but you know, some of this stuff is going to be quicker to play, easier to jump into, and then uh, again, and, and and playing different cooperative and versus modes as well too. So you know, different ways to play. All Great right. Question. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up, we have uh, screw watermarks. Uh, back in that NLG stream last Thursday, you mentioned that there would be limited editions of games and retail exclusives, but, mm -hmm. speci but specifically said nothing with limited run. Any particular reason why? Uh, just because we're doing uh, retail, um, we're, we're doing deals directly with all of our big box retailers. So GameStop, Best Buy, Walmart, you know, Amazon, this and that. So... Um, you know, so so each physical item is going to be exclusive to a big box retailer or the and or their websites. All right. So we don't. So I guess my my point being is that we don't need to um, we we don't need to do a special use a third party to distribute our stuff. Because that's what limited run is great. I've gotten so many things from them, right? Uh, Eight bit, another one. They did the uh, the um, they did the uh, uh, the Earthworm Jim Super Nintendo cartridge and all that. Those are great companies, but those companies do stuff for things that aren't physical releases. We are doing physical releases, right? So that's the difference there, and we're doing them at retail. All right, fantastic. Uh, we got a question from Stamos here in the chat. Question, if you don't mind. Will the batteries on the controllers be replaceable? I want to be able to use the thing for years to come if I get one and still stress over battery packs. So you can see on the back of the controller, uh, I maybe I legally can't, I shouldn't say this, but, but those are screws that you can take out. Um... So there'll probably be a lot of uh, DIY videos out there on <laughs> on 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 tearing the thing apart. 
I, I can't legally say you can do that or should do that. Oh, uh, that on, would probably put, on how Tommy. to shove tinfoil in an Xbox controller. <laughs> that, that would probably void your warrant, get warranty. But I will say this. We have like, you know, the, the batteries are going to last like anywhere from five to seven hours. We're still testing them. And if you're playing on your own, that means you have one in the, if you're playing by yourself, that means you have one in the, you know, in the well already and you're playing this. So after five hours of play, if you're playing by yourself for five hours, you just put that one on the thing and then the other one pops in. Or again, USB three, you can just, you, you can just keep them wired or whatever. Um, but no, you know, and we're doing a whole bunch of testing. So the, the batteries on these things are going to last, you know, a long, long time because the difference between our system and the other ones that are out there is that we don't view our system as kind of what I just described where we don't think somebody's going to be sitting down and playing for five, six hours at a time even, right? Those are PlayStation games. Those are Xbox games and stuff like that. Again, think about a board game, right? A family might get together and they'll play for an hour, two hours, and that's it. Right. So that's kind of, so when you're not playing the system every day for seven hours, like some folks are on their PlayStation Xbox, then those batteries over time, just like your mobile device over four, five years, the battery starts when it gets charged, recharge, charge, recharge a million times, the battery life starts to diminish. Right. And so, um, so we really don't, uh, you know, we don't see that being an issue as it is for other uh, controllers and systems out there. And, but you'll also be able to buy these separately as well, too. And we're even doing like a family pack, two packs, family pack, single pack, whatever. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, moving on. Uh, again, these are some great questions coming up in yeah, the chat, guys. Loving it. Uh, Colt K has a question. What is the CPU and GPU and RAM and the Intellivision Amico, and will it be physical games on the system? And will you be competing against the Atari VCS? Uh, okay, great. Three great three <laughs> questions there. Let me let me get to each one. Um, we don't know if we're going to be com well. Okay, so yes, there's going to be physical media. Boom, got rid of that one. Yes, uh, two uh, as well as digital as well. Um, two, the Atari VCS is nothing like our machine. It's literally, I would even go as far as saying the exact opposite of our machine in that, you know, their play seems to be, you know, for modders and hackers, it seems, right? You know, oh, you can, you can, you know, launch in sandbox mode, you can launch different operating systems and, and this and that. So it seems more like to me, and I, I, I would never want to speak for Atari, but, but for me looking on the outside and kind of, you know, following it as I do, it seems like it's kind of almost like a Raspberry Pi, but like on massive steroids with a cool logo, you know, and, and name attached to it. Um, that's exactly the opposite of what we are. Um, now, I hope that Atari makes it. I hope that they come out and I hope that they're successful because I want to kick their asses. And so, <laughs> so in order for me to truly kick their ass all up and down the joint, you know, they have to come out and they have to be, you know, uh, they have to be, uh, 
they have to be out there doing it. And so I say that as, you know, kind of tongue in cheek. Well, I like to poke fun at them because as you, you might know, Atari and in television, that was the first console war. It was the first rivalry in the console industry. Now, Atari kicked our ass back in the day. We were a much more expensive machine back then, right? Um, but we owned 20% of the video game market by the early 80s. Atari had about 70, 75%. Yeah. Right? And so they were five times bigger than us. We were doing $500 million a year back then. We had 1,800 employees worldwide back then. That's the equivalent. 500 million back then gross is the equivalent of $1.4 billion today. We were legit as hell, but Atari, and as legit as we were doing millions of machines, they were 10 times bigger. We did a total of like four or five million units. They were doing 30 million units, 27 to 30 million. So again, they were five, six times what we are. This time around, we're going to be the champs, and it took us 40 years to finally catch up and now kick their ass. That's my hope, but... Uh, and again, I say that in tongue in cheek. I have no ill will towards uh, Atari at all. It's just kind of fun. Here we are, forty years later, reliving the original rivalry, which is kind of fun. Of course, of course. Oh, we got all kinds of. Oh, and last question was in regards to the CPU and all that stuff. If you go on IntellivisionAmico.com and you scroll down, we actually give the specs uh, of the machine. You can see it there. It's an eight-core processor. Um, um, uh, two, two giga. I can't remember what the because we, we we just because we've been upgrading it. So I don't know if the website has our latest one on there or not. Uh, because again, prices come down all the time, yeah. and so we're we're you know we'll be like trying to shoehorn in the latest greatest stuff like all the and then we have to test it like crazy. So you know we're we're going to be locking down the machine, you know probably by the middle of February, and then doing massive amounts of testing for like, you know, six to eight weeks before we go into, you know, final production. But now, now um, before you, but, uh, but again, for us, it's not about speed though. So you're not going to be impressed with our specs. I tell you right now. And, and, but that's not, we don't care. It's not about, for us, it's not about the specs. It's about the games and the gameplay and now, all the be, other stuff we're talking about. That's now so before unique. Invader talks about the, uh, you know, ask the next question. Um, you should have like collector controllers, like, you know, get partner with different people and have, co you know, collector controllers. I think it'd be a good idea. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, if there's third party folks that want to, you know, like third party po folks that want to come in and design controllers. Oh, absolutely. We'll put them out for sure. You know, and a lot of people ask me, you know, because this is Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So you can connect up, you can connect with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth with your phone, with the controllers, and all that stuff, right? Um, but a lot of people ask, well, well, could I just hook up a, just a normal Bluetooth, like, you know, PC controller, an Xbox controller? You actually could, but remember all the stuff I was saying, right? Yep. You're not going to get any of that, so you're not going to want to. See, one of the challenges with all the haters out there is that they 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 look at this and they're saying to themselves, "How the crap am I going to play Fortnite or Call of Duty on that?" Right? right. But and their answer is, "You're not." Right? It's a different experience. Remember when the right before the Wii came out, 
Remember how everybody was hating on it? I was one of them, by the way. I'll admit it. I'm like, what the hell are they thinking? What the heck is all this crap and this and that and all that? You know, people didn't understand it until they had it in their hands. And then when they saw their mom playing it, think of all the hardcore gamers out there who have wives and small kids. And all they typically do is go play Call of Duty or Fortnite on their own, right? While their wives sit there and roll their eyes. Imagine the conversation that's going to ha happen around the dinner table next Christmas when the wife says, you know, I was in GameStop or I was, I, you know, I, I saw a, a thing at GameStop or I was in Walmart or Target or Costco and I saw this video game system and it like seemed really fun. I was playing it and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, of getting it. That husband is going to be like, wait, wait, what? Y you want to buy a video game system and you'll play it with me? Yeah, count me in, you know. So, so th that's that's going to be a powerful, you know, message uh, that I think. And again, it's just something that doesn't happen uh, in home consoles right now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right, we're going to move on just to a, little, a couple more um, of the panel questions. Now, Tommy, I think it's been stated that there's five games that'll be included with the Amico. If I'm yep. correct. Now, I think one that's been confirmed is in television skiing. Skiing, yep. Correct. Nice. Now, are all of the included games finalized, and are yep. any of them new games? Yes. So uh, the five games are finalized. We've only announced one. We're going to announce a second one this week, and we're going to show it. Um, and four of the five games are original in television games from the past that we've redone and made amazing and one of the games is something completely brand new that really shows off the motion controls it's kind of like our Wii bowling if you will <laughs> oh yeah but it's not bowling <laughs> all right all i right. keep i keep hearing that echo that echo the dolphins calling to me tommy I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that that is Echo the Dolphin. But if you go on Ed Annunziata, he's the creator of Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. What if you go game. on his Twitter, you, you'll and his company's called Playcomy. And if you look on our press release from December 3rd, you'll see we list our first 25 developers or 20 or 25, I forget. And you'll see Ed's on there. So you know, you know how we announced the Earthworm Jim. We got the original Earthworm Jim team back together, all ten of us, after twenty-five years. The team is getting back together to create an exclusive game using all the crazy things about this. People are like, oh, why don't you just put it on Switch? Because the game we're designing cannot be played on switch it cannot be played on the xbox it can't now, be played on mobile it can't be put on steam now because does this of all mean, the, does this mean all, that you're going to be creating the music for that game uh damn straight yeah on the week on the weekends <laughs> in fact i'm doing all out of the sound design as well for all of the games and we're going to be we're going to be launching another game we're going to be launching this week and this I'm not confirming this 
as one of the five because, in fact, I'm confirming that it is not. But we're, we're going to be showing a lot of gameplay footage this coming week and a lot of cool videos. That dice demo that I told you about, you're going to actually see that. I'm going to release a video. Um, but one of the things, uh, one of the games that we're going to be showing and you're going to be hearing this week is Night Stalker. So the new version of Night Stalker. Now, that is not one of the five. It's going to be a separate game, but it's going to be available on launch. And wait till you hear this thing. I'm... I'm I'm proud of it, uh, and I've spent a lot of time making sure it sounds epic. So, um, yeah, so you, yeah. So you, so you have five in the box ready to go. Uh -huh. uh, how many games do you plan to launch with? I between. I mean, it could be anywhere. I, I'm going to be super conservative, but it could be anywhere from twenty to forty games. Oh wow! Now, we're trying to go for forty games, but I made a promise and again it comes down to that whole trust and value thing i will not release we will not release any games that are like mediocre not interested it's great so if it, if the game's like about a five or a six on kind of like our internal scale we'll either kill it or we'll put more resources into it to see if we can get up to at least like a seven or eight by our standards so that's why I can't tell you exactly how many games. I can tell you we have 40 in the pipeline right now. And being a realist and being in the industry for, for as long as I can, as long as I have, three over three decades, I'm not sure if all 40 of those games are going to be up to our standards. And then once the game, once a 10, 10, 20, 20 hits, every seven to 10 days or 10 to 14 days, you're going to get a brand new game. And there's only going to be one game released at a time on Amico. And why this is so important is for the indie developers out there. They, they spend their heart, you know, they, they, they blood, sweat, tears, all the passion in the world, all the sacrifices they make bootstrapping their product, living in their mom's house so that they can save money on rent. Or, or five developers all living in a small apartment together to, to make it their dream become a reality. And then they release their game on Steam or on mobile, and a thousand other games come out this week. And, and their dreams are shattered. For us, we say, look, we're going to provide you with the audio. You don't need to worry about that. We'll provide you with one of the best art directors in the world who will help you with your art. We'll provide you with the best optimizers that we have because they know the system because they created it. Is we'll it, provide is it you with Mike, programming. Uh, what is Mike Mika? How is Mike Mika involved? Mike Micah. Mike Micah, I'm sorry. So Mike Micah, uh, who's one of the greatest retro, or not one of, the greatest retro developer on the planet. Well, I can tell you that Mike Micah, his companies. Digital Eclipse, Other Oceans. They're doing five games for us out of the gate. IDARP? Inclu yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Including one of the ones that I'm showing this coming week, Night Stalker. They're working on Night Stalker. Nice. And it is 
unbelievable. You'll you'll see it. It'll and again, you're not going to get photorealistic graphics. It's all about style. It's all about what we're able to do. It's all about multiplayer. All about versus. All about co-op. All about the audio. All about, you'll you'll see. It's 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 pretty cool. We showed like a little one second clip of it back in our Gamescom trailer that we released back. Uh, when was it in uh, August? I think August. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see a one second clip of it. Well. We're going to show you like five to ten minutes of it, or well, maybe not ten minutes, but we're going to, we're going to show uh, a lot more of it, and you're going to hear it, and you're going to feel it, and you're going to experience it. It's pretty cool. All right, and I think we have another uh, question from uh, Sniper Melon. Uh, can the Karma system be turned off for the yes. game? Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> now, if I can hop here. in, I actually. I'm actually intrigued by this karma system. Do you guys care if I read Atari dudes? Hit it. Or uh, what would keep the uh, karma engine from being abused? If an experienced player initially do bad early, and when the difficulty drops, just start slaughtering. So, uh, so that's you know again. You're so you're going to be playing with your friends, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're purposely tanking. So that your karma goes higher and then you start beating your friend like that, that's cheap. Like, like, like human beings are going to work that out among themselves, you know? <laughs> yeah, You'd be absolutely. like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that's bull. You know what I mean? Like, it's so not a, it's not an online. Yeah, it's not an online experience. Yeah, it's not that. online. It's not cheating, right? Like if, if you were online, that would be considered cheating. If you're next to your best friend or your wife, you're not going to cheat, you know, like so that you can beat up your wife more. Like that's that's against <laughs> what the whole system is hey, about. I deliberately play bad so my wife wins. Well, that's the thing, right? You're sandbagging. You don't, you won't need to do that anymore. Oh, shit. How great is it going to be when a non-gaming mom is going to beat her 18-year-old hardcore gamer Xbox-playing son legitimately beats them. That's pretty cool. And again, it's not like Mario Kart where it's like, oh, you're in last place, so we're going to just throw you to the front and you're 10 times quicker now. I'm talking about like things like Pong. I always use Pong as an example. Let's say me and you are playing Pong together and you've never played Pong before and I score three times in a row on you, then my paddle shrinks and your paddle gets bigger nice. and it kind of like it kind of adjusts. So again, imagine I'm playing a five-year-old girl and I keep scoring on her, keep scoring on her for the first couple games. And now it adjusts. So like my paddle is about the size of the freaking ball and her paddle is like half the size of the whole screen. Am I going to turn around and cheat on that little girl so I can beat her? Of course not, right? And how cool is it where the five-year-old could actually legitimately beat me and I'm like focusing like crazy trying to win because I'm at such a disadvantage. So it's, it's kind of cool. And again, if you want to turn it off, you turn it off. All right. All right. That's pretty cool. Uh, well, Tommy, chat, I think we're about done for tonight's show um you know we appreciate everybody that dropped in two and a half watch. hours we did that's pretty good <laughs> 
Yeah, yep. that's uh, we didn't we didn't want to keep say, you on for too long. I told PXR him keep it up. I think I've ever been on. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. told him to keep it under. You know, try to keep it under two hours. But totally. We well, guys, I I appreciate all the tough questions. Uh, I appreciate the honesty. I I love it. Uh, hopefully, I uh, I enlightened you, not only you guys but the folks in the stream as well. Um, if folks want to learn more. Uh, you know, please go to IntellivisionAmico.com. Sign up to our mailing list. Make sure, again, Facebook and Twitter are our other two things um, that we, you know, always will be putting out info and news. Uh, but the mailing list is is the number one thing. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, and I'm I'm always trying to interact when I have the time. Is my I work 20 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so I'm always trying to on there asking questions. Uh, we also have over at the Atari Age uh, forums, atariage.com. We have an Intellivision section there where I answer uh, Q&A on a message board uh, type environment. We got a lot of a, a great community over there uh, that we're building. So, um, yeah, I, I thank you guys so much for helping Tommy, me spread you, the word. Where do you get the energy for this, man? It just... I, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, right? So a lot of people are like, "You must take like massive amounts of coke." Um, <laughs> and here's the reality, and I'll tell you straight up: um, I've never taken a drug my entire life. Never you don't smoked even drink. Drug. Yeah, you don't even I, drink. And I've never had alcohol. I've never even tasted it. Never had coffee. Never had a cigarette. It was just not, nothing I was ever into. My excitement level and energy level comes off straight up adrenaline. I get so excited talk. I've been talking for two and a half hours with you guys. It's yeah. a Sunday night. I'm going to get off here. Uh, what am I going to go to sleep? Are you kidding me? I'm so amped <laughs> up right now. I'm going to I'm going to be designing uh, there's this game uh it's one of the pack-in games and we have a version of it and I need to go through and make notes and I'll be working on this for the next 4 hours. Right. Well, Tommy, we we appreciate what you you know what you obviously did in the industry. Uh, we we appreciate your contribution, uh, and we thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. And if I can hop in on that downer and invader, um, I will be truthful. I kind of I don't want to say I came in here pessimistically, but that's okay. In, in in my line of work that I actually do, I actually have to help my employer predict what products are going to be successful. Oh, and so that's where, when I came into this, I was like, Oh, how's he going to compete with these, these gaming platforms yeah. that are out there. But now that I've heard you talk about it and you're not looking at it like that, you're competing with board games. You're not aiming for that demographic. Now that I've actually heard you talk about it, I could honestly say that you have changed my mind and oh, being cool. that way. I, I mean, like I really do wish you the luck and I, it's definitely something that is needed because, you know, I, I work around a family oriented business and one right. of the employees is constantly concerned about what her kids uh, interact with when it comes to screen time. And, you and know, you know the I'm Nintendo going to have to show her this product. And well, and I'll tell you something too. A lot of parents don't realize this, but the Nintendo switch is the most violent x-rated pornographic yeah. Oh, yeah. system out of all of them combined there's more stuff and again that's not to disparage i'm just dropping facts here right like parents need to know that and and try to set the parental controls on a switch again you want to put a bullet in your brain it's so complicated and complex but but you know and i'll leave i'll leave you with a story in regards to what you were just saying 
in, in regards to competing and stuff. See, the way I look at PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo, they they have like the Formula One car, right? The Formula One car is the fastest around. It gets you to point A to point B the quickest possible. Now, it's an only a one-seater for the most part, but it's the greatest, best technology, amazing. We're not trying to build the Kia or the Prius to that Formula One car. What we're building, what we've built, is the bicycle. See, a bicycle also gets you from point A to point B, but in a very different way. It's slower. You kind of can stop and smell the roses. You can enjoy the sunlight on your face. You can bring a whole bunch of friends with you. You can have conversations with those friends as you're going from point A to point B. See what I'm saying? So, like, we're not trying to build a cheaper video game console or a different one. What we're doing is... You know, we're building a whole new experience that brings people together and has where they have fun together. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's very cool. And, uh, you know, thank you for uh, sharing with us your industry knowledge. Tommy, it was tremendous having you on tonight's uh, tonight's show. And we would definitely love to have you on again at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. And especially after E3, because we're going to be revealing a whole bunch of stuff. So Woo. yeah, let's do it in again in about, you know, four or five months. I can't wait. All right. Getting me excited there. Uh, but yeah, again, thank you, Tommy. Uh, we're just going to move on to some final words from the panel before we leave. Jeremy, wicked show tonight. Good questions. Where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, Lone Master Who, uh, 07. Uh, once again, thank you, Tommy, and it was great. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Of course. Uh, Shock, hey, solid show. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on uh, Xbox Live. But yeah, I was uh, last trying to, or learning about the Miko. I didn't really know about it before uh, we learned you were coming on or, uh, you know, a few days ago. So this is pretty cool. <laughs> Definitely. Centurion, hey, excellent endpoint input tonight where can everybody follow you at bud uh as always you guys can find me right here with you on txr on sundays but i also do saltiest gaming podcast on thursdays i also do the shop podcast on saturdays you can also find me on xbox live youtube and twitter at centurion 1307 and earlier you said to uh kind of give the crowd something like a like some info i don't know i feel like doing the bob barker thing about saying how to you know <laughs> can help control the pet population have your cat and ne dog neutered today spay or neutered today how that goes thing that's how it goes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow uh <laughs> all right centurion and i'm invader you can follow me on my youtube channel invader gaming and i'm pretty active on twitter at invader underscore one eight six Guys in the chat, it's been great. Thank you all for coming here. Tommy, again, it's been wonderful. We can't wait to talk to you all next Sunday. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.